Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So we don't have a verdict yet in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, but today was still pretty crazy because it turns out the prosecution provided manipulated evidence to the defense. Now they argue, oh, no, it was an accident. We didn't realize. And it's the, the defense's fault for not having iPhones. Bah. Basically, what happened is the prosecution had high res video and gave the defense low res video, which is worse than just withholding evidence. But we're still waiting. The jury will come back. I guess the judge, this is kind of crazy. The judge said he's not going to make a decision on a mistrial with prejudice, mistrial with prejudice. But he told the prosecutors, I warned you there would be a reckoning on that video. But we're going to wait to see what the jury comes back with in the terms of their verdict. The judge very well may just let Rittenhouse off because of a mistrial with prejudice that was filed. We'll see. So we'll talk about all of that, too. But we got big news. I was right. Oh, I said I was right. Y'all told me I was crazy. See, when when, when it came. Yes, it could (laughs) could be both. (laughs) When it came to Alec Baldwin and the shooting on set, I said, why are we assuming it's an accident? Mm. Well, guess what? The script supervisor, the person who knows what's supposed to go down, has filed a lawsuit against Alec Baldwin saying he knew he was improperly handed the gun. He knew he shouldn't have trusted the uh, the, the AD said, and he wasn't supposed to aim it, pull the trigger, cock the hammer or pull the trigger. Hmm. So why did he do it? She said he played Russian roulette on set. Sounds like what she's saying is he was screwing around, pointed it. Now there's a question of whether or not. You can argue it was an intentional act to point the gun and pull the trigger. And how is it even manslaughter when you point a gun at someone? So we'll talk about all that. Plus, we got big news. The vax mandate has been suspended. A big victory. Uh, uh, We've won the battle, but not the war. Mm. So we got a lot to get into. And we're hanging out with, of course, Michael Malice and Mike Cernovich. Yeah. There's so right, well, you can't, you can't, you, you got to say words because the <laughs> podcast people can't see you. No, I don't like to acknowledge them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Please do not speak to me directly. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I, my, you, Cernovich, we'll say, we'll say, we'll go by last names. Today. I'm usually pretty quiet. So. <laughs> We're going to have to turn up a little bit. Wait, yeah. yeah. You want to introduce yourself? Just Yeah, yeah. Mike Cernovich, I'm here visiting from Great Overlap here in the mobile studio mm-hmm. of Timcast. I always introduce myself as an entity who exists because I don't really have a hook, right? I used to have like a hook. Here's what I do. Here's what I do now. And I've been semi-retired for a couple of years. So all I just say is that I'm alive, existing, doing whatever, (laughs) but there's no thing. Like here's a thing. He's a podcaster. He's a... You're a lawyer though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lawyer, filmmaker, author. You tweet a lot. Mindset. You're the the OG gorilla. It's not Alex. That's true. It's not Alex Jones. You're the first gorilla. That's right. right. Well, I pioneered the whole... (laughs) mindset genre for men so my mindset book was the first of that genre so it's always funny when people they're like oh you're you're trying to pretend that you're like jordan peterson and i was like dude my like i was before him Mm -hmm. like well before him so whatever it doesn't mean he's not good or bad but it's it's weird because they'll people like i've i found that they find you at a point in time and you never existed before that point. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. You know what it's yeah. like? It's like when you hear a cover song and thinks the, it's the original, yeah. but you heard it first. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really interesting thing. Because I was just playing, I was jamming outside and I was playing The Man Who Sold the World. Oh, Bowie. And there's a funny song, a, f- a funny story Bowie had where he said, 
he played the man who sold the world on set and two teenage girls were like that was so cool how you covered Nirvana mm. oh my god to rude. Bowie so <laughs> like whoa Av- Avril Lavigne didn't even know who he was <laughs> wow wow the greatest well, so, musician uh, of all time Cernovich I'm, I'm glad you're here actually you're, you're, you're a lawyer so you, you're gonna have way more understanding of a lot of these this legal stuff with Alec Baldwin and with the Rittenhouse stuff so excited true. you're here true um, and Michael Malice of course is here but I guess he introduced himself everybody knows who he is hello I thought, I thought after yesterday we're all gonna kind of take a de- back a step and let each other talk <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, a when you were when you were with Alex. It's kind of a competition to talk. <laughs> There's actually some there are hater videos, but every now and then a hater video is funny, which are usually not. And it'll show Alex talking, and it's me just sitting there. And the video's <laughs> titled like "Mike Cernovich Failed Job Interview for Infowars" because I'm just sort of like, "Hey!" And then Alex will like look over to you, and I'm like, "Okay, am I supposed to talk now?" <laughs> What what exactly is is supposed to happen here? So of all the hater videos, that one is is actually yeah. funny. You just have to scream whenever you get an opportunity to do so, and then that's the only way to get your voice out. Mm-hmm. Howdy, welcome, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Lukadowski of WeAreChange.org, and I once again wanted to thank YouTube for demonetizing me and making me a very humble T-shirt vendor. The T-shirt that I'm wearing right now is one of the shirts that I sell, and it's a picture of a prophet and a saint, Mister Doctor Ron Paul, and it says. If I told you so, it was a person. And you can get yours exclusively on thebestpoliticalshirts.com, and that's the way to support me. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for having me. It's Ian Crossland over here. I'm ready to take control of this show and uh, lead yeah, the way. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. I got some, I got some amazing powerhouses in the, uh, in the house, and so I'm going to let you guys display yourselves. <laughs> yes. we got Lydia I, I am really looking forward to this battle, the Michaels. I hope it's not actually a battle. I'm hoping to have a super cool conversation as we always do. Mike Cernovich is not only one of my favorite people, but there's a handful of people in my life where I'm comfortable outsourcing my decision making on certain mm. issues, and he's one of them. Very cool. So there's not going to be any fighting here at all. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, of personal life decisions, Michael, you were an underwear model. Mm. Yeah, that's true. If everyone goes to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code MALICE, you'll get 20% off of your underwear. And the good thing about sheath is it has that dual pouch technology for both parts of your male anatomy. And you can get one step closer to getting inside my pants. And the first time you put it on, you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and, and you even have the little veins with uh, the hip bone. The, yeah, the cum gutters. Yeah, yeah. That took a lot of work. Family friendly. Yeah. Well, it, I, well it's, I mean, I don't know what the term is. The hip flexors, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Term. Sex <laughs> muscles. But, yeah, but it took, a lot, muscles, of, it took a lot of work to get to yeah. that point. So. Yeah. High five. So man. you want to, and, and there's a promo code? Promo yeah. code Malice. You get twenty percent off, and I'm, I'll say one thing: the first time I put them on, I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And now I wear them every day because they're so comfortable. Interesting. So yeah, I and I'm bl- I, I'm proud to be able to. Uh, pr- um, Do they have the pouch? Talk with they them. have the pouch. Dual pouch. Oh yeah, yeah. One for Both. one part of your parts, and another part for another oh. part of your pouch. Because the guy who found the company did time in Iraq, where it's very hot, oh. okay. and this keeps you nice and cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Good for that RV life. I, I like. I'm yeah. good for that RV life. Well, well, thanks for looks that. Looks like a tour. Now don't forget, everybody. We also want to do a promo. Go to timcast.com, become a member. We're gonna have a members only segment going up around 11 or so p.m. tonight and uh, as a member you're helping support our fears and independent journalism there's actually a story we have it's graphic I can't show you but it's an exclusive report from Cassandra Fairbanks about the best. Fauci's NIAID funding what's called maximum pain research oh, on boy. primates oh my god this story is really brutal and oh my god that's horrifying so uh, Cassandra's been working on this we have the story up we'll talk about it but it is absolutely horrifying mm. they take primates 
There's thousands of them, and they subject them to what's called maximum pain experiments. Is that a euphemism for like no, cuddles? Uh, no, it, no, no, it's I it's wish. it's the, the photos are horrifying. That's why I'm like I can't scroll down right now. Maybe we need like a graphic filter for like because not everybody wants to see this stuff. But this is what the kind of stuff that the NIAID was funding under Fauci because we know about the dogs. So we'll get into all that stuff. Not oh to be God, too much of a Debbie horrifying. Downer. But uh, become a member. Support that independent work. Because I got to be honest, we take we take risks with big exclusives like this. Because you are you are you are making direct accusations, and there's there's real risks to reporting. People want to come after you. But go to timcast.com. Don't forget to like this video right now. Like this uh, uh, episode. Subscribe to the channel. Share it wherever you can because that really really does help. Taking the URL, putting wherever you can. Let's get into this first story now. Rittenhouse is really really big. You know, and, and we're waiting on this verdict, but we really are just waiting on this verdict. So I, I wanted to lead with something in a similar vein that's big and political. So we decided to talk about the, the Alec Baldwin stuff because I was right. Oh, boy. Take a look at this story. We got this from the Daily Mail. Alec chose to play Russian roulette. Rust script supervisor breaks down in tears as she sues Baldwin over Helena Hutchins' death because he cocked and fired the gun, even though the scene didn't call for it. She says Baldwin knew the gun should have never been given to him. And that he could not rely on the assistant director about whether or not the gun was safe to use. Mr. Baldwin chose to play Russian roulette when he fired a gun without checking it and without having an armorer within his presence. I want to I want to point something out. This is what I was saying uh, last a couple weeks ago. Everybody started this story saying it was a misfire from a blank that shrapnel hit this woman. And I wonder I can't remember who was telling us this, but maybe that was a PR response. A crisis management company for him leaked that story. Because they were like, if we start with the premise that it was an accident, everyone will believe it was an accident no matter what. And last week I said, why are we assuming it's an accident? Alec right. Baldwin, we'd have to assume the armorer screwed up, the, the assistant director screwed up, that Alec Baldwin screwed up, and then he pointed it in the right direction. Those are all crazy assumptions. How come we're not starting from Alec Baldwin pulled the gun, pointed it, cocked it, pulled the trigger, and then from there we can walk it back? Now, this is big. The script supervisor, the person who knows exactly what's supposed to go on 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 scene says he wasn't supposed to have a gun right he should have checked it and he didn't he certainly wasn't supposed to pull the hammer and pull the trigger that to me sounds like a good argument for intentional homicide Mm. i'm not a huge gun person but every time i've handled the gun the person handing it to me who's actually a gun expert or just someone who's aficionado gave me a speech and part of that speech is you do not point a gun at anything that you do not want to destroy you assume every single gun you are handing is loaded until you check it personally. You do not put your finger on a trigger. Mm-hmm. And if you screw up any one of those, you're still going to be safe. And, so, and, and just one more. You don't act like a state prosecutor. What do you mm. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, but there is actually one more. Always know what's behind your target. Okay, yeah. What, what your target is and beyond. That's important here specifically for Baldwin because if we're still operating under the premise that he was pointing it at the camera for right. a scene, he wasn't paying attention to what was behind his target. But I don't buy that for a minute. Look, if if we're going to talk about a guy who wasn't supposed to be given a gun, she says it. she's a script supervisor. That's that's big. Wasn't supposed to have it. Why did he have it? Why am I then going to assume this wasn't murder? Because you've got an angry crew. You've got people threatening to walk off set. Baldwin says, I had a dinner with her just that Friday. Sounds to me, and I said this before, she was actually negotiating him with him or arguing with him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on set, takes the gun and says, bam. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh geez. That's like pure psycho if he did but that. But you're saying that the rumor that went around that he jokingly said, how about I just kill you both, that that was a false rumor. Yeah, correct? yeah. So someone, yeah. someone. That was, that was clever. It was a clever hoax. Okay. I almost yeah. fell for that one too. Me too. Yeah. I actually recorded a video 
And then someone responded with the clip and I was like, whoa, because I'm like, I'm like showing the article. I'm showing the tweet and then I see that. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. I got to check. Yeah. Hmm. Someone took a news article and then uh, altered the code to add that. Line. Uh, yeah. I okay. wouldn't be surprised if it was his PR team in order to muddy the waters, yep. because a lot of times with disinformation, we see fake information being brought out to the general public to make everyone confused about what's really going on there. And you still, I saw Bolden right, right after the incident. He was right on the phone. He was probably talking to his PR people. He was trying to probably run cover. He has a lot of money. He has a lot of influence. And there was a lot of cover. We're just finding out, finding out about these details now. How many days later has it been? Yeah. So what else are they hiding? What else don't we know about? When's the investigation? Is there even an investigation? I mean, what's going on here? Everyone should be asking these larger questions, and they're not. An accident means different things, right? There's if they're trying to make it out as if he like just dropped a gun and it like went off and shot someone. When you are pointing a gun at someone and cocking a trigger, you can't say that that's an accident. That's Hammer. intentionality. Oh, sorry. See, I don't even know the terms, hmm. but even so, I know enough. You don't point a gun at someone. But so this is this is three steps. Well, actually, it's four. He drew the weapon. He then pointed it. He then pulled the hammer back. Mm-hmm. He then pulled the trigger. I mean, that is very intentional. Yeah, it's very disturbing, too. And it's also disturbing how many people were on their knees running interference for him immediately. Yeah. Conservatives because especially. Is that right? Oh, yeah. You get the whole yeah. conservative. Oh, it's such a tragedy. I can't believe Don Jr. is politicizing. <laughs> it's just like the spend cycle. And, and the PR thing you said I know is true. Because I tweeted out, man, this is really weird. The engagement that I got anytime you tweeted about Baldwin, hundreds of replies mm-hmm. instantaneously. And it was all, you're cruel, you're vile. Yeah. Yeah. How dare yeah. he's a, he's the victim, he's the victim here. here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then, amazing. yeah. And then you even had conservatives going along. Oh, it's just a, such a tragedy. No, you know it. it we, well, it's tragedy for the woman, of course, right. obviously. But they were definitely influencing the conversation. And then I do believe they used this information via that article because then they would go conspiracy theorists are trying to p-gate alec baldwin can you believe it look at these bad actors blah 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 i don't don't know if you know the answer to this question um but is pointing a gun at someone a felony it's called brandishing is a legal term brandishing a firearm and it, it definitely depends on the context so if i were just here with you guys and one of you you know brandished a firearm without some kind of intent then it wouldn't be, but it, it all depends on the context. But then if you came to a, to a bank and you just tapped a gun, that would be brandishing, even mm. though you're not even pointing it. Yeah, so it was all based on the context of... Here, and it also depends on the state laws, because right. in some states like Ohio, what the state prosecutor did in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, that's a chargeable Wait, offense. Wisconsin? Um, no, no, Ohio has a specific rule. Oh, I see. I see. If, if right. he would have right. done the same thing in that state, he would have gone down for a charge. Right, right. So here, here's why I ask. We have this from uh, uh, law.justia.com. This is New Mexico statutes on homicide section on manslaughter. And it says voluntary manslaughter consists of manslaughter committed upon a sudden quarrel or in the heat of passion. Whoever commits voluntary manslaughter. So I don't think that would apply here. They say involuntary manslaughter consists of manslaughter committed in the commission of an unlawful act not amounting to a felony or in the commission of an uh, of a lawful act which might produce death in an unlawful manner. Uh, uh, or without due caution or circumspect. And that's a fel- they're both felonies. And the, the reason I ask is I'm wondering if by simple, first, we can't call it an accident. An accident would be right. like you said, you drop it and it goes off and you're like, oh no. And you might still get in trouble because you were responsible for that. But this is a guy who pulled it out and aimed it at the woman. If is, is, so can we even argue this is manslaughter if he pointed the gun at her and pulled the trigger? You would, so involuntary manslaughter, 
So the way they would say, they could say, well, an accident is still negligent. So the legal term is an accident's negligent. So you get in a car crash, it's an accident, but who was negligent? Were you looking at your cell phone at the time? So involuntary manslaughter, the textbook case of that is if you're drinking and driving, it isn't a felony to drink and drive, but somebody dies. You didn't intend for them to die. So that's usually when that would apply. There was no intent for you to do gross bodily harm or injury to someone else. So with the Alec Baldwin case, we don't have enough facts to know whether it would be voluntary or involuntary because and you, there's a whole – I mean you could do a whole week of this in law school and, and then there's all kinds of cases on it where you go from what's the difference between reckless versus negligent? What's the difference between willful and, again, negligent? And there's a lot of things that depend on the facts. So I would – my instinct from day one was that it would have been involuntary manslaughter. He was recklessly – Right. He was acting with callous or reckless disregard for another person's safety. But I don't think he actually wanted to murder her or anything yeah. like that. I don't think he was pointing it at her. I think he was being Alec Baldwin, yeah. who, yeah, is a, is a, a douchebag idiot. Well, and, with rage issues, yeah. Yeah. as yeah. we know. But uh, uh, George Clooney, he had a very interesting comment about this. He's usually a globalist stooge, but today he said... <laughs> I love you, Luke. Uh, it's true. <laughs> know, it's, it's absolutely true. I, I mean, look what he you. pushes. Uh, but he came out and was talking about this specific case and said that, that it was infuriating and insane that this happened as he's accusing Alec Baldwin, Baldwin of ignoring decades of laws r- regarding safety and firearms on set of movies. So even George Clooney is coming out, calling him out, saying he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. There's something here that's not right. And Adam Baldwin also co- uh, collaborate, co- uh, corroborated that. He said that a few weeks ago, I know there's no love lost between the two brothers. He goes, I've been on movie sets, and for a, there's a process for decades that people go through before you're handed a gun. Because, and this is something that gun advocates talk about all the time, even though the anti-gun people don't say this, they know very well a gun is not a toy. You are handling a weapon that is, can kill someone, and you have to treat that with the respect it is due. So uh, let, me, let me start from, from, from this uh, premise for you, uh, Cernovich. A man who has decades of firearms training is on set. He has no, there is nothing calling for, for brandishing, displaying, or even holding a weapon. He then points it with a live round and shoots and kills a woman. That, I mean, wouldn't an investigator or a, a DA go straight for intentional homicide? No, that would be voluntary manslaughter because that would be reckless versus negligent. You're still not an intentional murder because he didn't intend to kill someone. Wait, 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 wait. But, there, but there's no reason to have a gun. If I walk out in the middle of the street and, and pull out a gun and shoot somebody, they're going to say intentional homicide, right? If... Again, it varies in the context. How big was the crowd? Were you celebrating a uh, fiesta no, 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 or something? Let's, let's, let's say this. Right. I walk into the middle of the street, mm-hmm. and there's a person filming me with a camera. Right. I pull out a gun, cock the hammer, shoot him and kill him. Oh, yeah. That would be intentional murder. Yeah. So, so Alec Baldwin, I think – this is why I ask. If we're approaching it from the context of he wasn't supposed to have a gun, that means he walked up, pointed the gun at a woman for no reason, which he wasn't supposed to have, and decided to shoot her. Why would we operate as if that was like manslaughter? Because it's the context of the relationship. It's the same thing where if you were on a first date with a girl and she fell asleep and you, you know, looked for some action, that would be Mm. sexual assault potentially. But if it's your wife or your girlfriend, then there's a a pattern of consent. So it's different because of the, the relationship. So the law... That's why the law is hard. Is he's in a dispute with the crew? They were threatening to walk off set. Well, that you know that would be the case that people would make, and yeah. their case would say that well, we we have a working relationship. It's existed here. He pulled out the gun. 
he was. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. So it's very. You, you get it. I mean, law is really. I, I love having these conversations. It's all about getting in the weeds, and everything is about facts and circumstances. And that's why law drives people crazy. Yeah. With because with, it's, it's all context based, and one fact can literally change the whole outcome. Did with, you see the the clip when Alec Baldwin was outside his house, like yelling at reporters? Mm. And there were two things that were really clear from that clip that I found one disturbing, one not disturbing. One is he very clearly feels horrible about this. Like this is not something where he went to bed that night. It's like I'll, it'll be fine. He, he's disturbed by this, as virtually anyone is who's responsible for killing someone else. But he also clearly feels that because he's so upset, that means he suffered enough and leave me alone. Yeah. And that to me is a big problem. You don't get to decide. Well, I feel really bad. I'm suffering. Shut up and go away. That's not how it works because you did something that was extremely preventable, and one person is dead as a consequence. And he might have been well, wrong. Real quick correction: people are pointing out Adam Baldwin is not a Baldwin brother. Oh, okay. Oh, that's well, okay. Who, who the another thing brothers? to really consider here is that Alec Baldwin Andy went to Mendes. anger management before wow. because of his rage issues right. and because of other court proceedings that he had related to, of course, blowing up and getting really angry and uh, you know committing acts of uh, either harassment or assault against other people so there is a long history here of someone who isn't control of his emotions to the point where he has sought professional help so that's another thing that to consider what if what if he clearly does feel bad about this but not for her for him Mm. Like, oh man, I got really mad. I just, I pulled the trigger. I shouldn't have done that. I, I but feel- was he mad? It seemed like he was doing it very matter of factly. Yeah. Well, well, well Malice, he, that, he's, an he's, an he's an actor too. He's an actor too. So sure. we have to consider that when he's portraying I, I these understand. emotions. I don't think he's that good of an actor. Maybe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah. As Jack Donaghy was, was no, mad. Brass but that, but that's a cartoon <laughs> character, right? Right, right. I, I think it's very hard to make the case that yeah, he's not disturbed by seeing someone he was at least fr- if one of you right now god forbid something no, happened we'd all be you're making assumptions you're making assumptions that, that this is the issue i took with the case initially we don't know they were friends we, i didn't say they were friends even if it's just some random you almost per- said they were friends you're about to say they were friends alex I mean, said they were friends on he the record said that, but what yeah. i'm saying is even if it's someone like you know a, a person you've had just a conversation with at a party and in front of you you saw them sh- get shot and bleed out i think the vast vast majority of people will be traumatized for life Especially if you're the one who pulled the trigger. Yeah. The DA says they know who put the bullets in the gun. Oh. Yeah, that was something that came out a while ago. So I guess in this case, I mean, final thoughts. You think they're going to actually charge him for anything? Is the, is the stuff ca- starts coming out from witnesses? No. I say no. No, no, no way. Really? No way. What's, they're not going to get a conviction. Just some people are above the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, Alec Baldwin would fall into that category. You think they'll charge the assistant director or the armor? So that so I think a lot of money will exchange hands and... Because Alec Baldwin's going to owe millions of dollars to the family, you know. Because e- if they're he, either way, if it's your friend, like if you accidentally killed the a friend of yours, you would go to the family and be like, "Look, dude, you don't have to sue me. Like, what do you need?" Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so if they're friends, he's writing a big check. If they're not friends, he's writing a big check. So, if they're really, if they really are friends, and the husband's going to say, "What good does it do to put you in jail?" They're going to go to the DA and say, "I don't want anybody charged with this. We're not going to cooperate." We're going to do the opposite. It's actually really yep. interesting because I'm sure that probably happens a lot where someone does commit uh, an act that results in death that should be criminally charged, but the family who would normally be complaining are just like, no, we understand Wait, it was an so accident. You know that we, the U.S. has bagmen who go to the Middle East, and when we accidentally kill children, 
we have a, write them out the check to these families. Yep. And wow. when if it's a boy, they get a lot bigger of a check than if we accidentally That's kill nice. one of yep. the girls. And so wow. this is actually U.S. And there's your actu- taxes. Yeah, and there's yep. actuarial tables for how much you pay off for these poor wow. uh, people in, in the Middle East who are, are basically lost their yep. son or daughter for no reason. Depending on what country, what neighborhood, yeah, exactly. and the age of the the child, so, and how many other siblings they had. And it's and it's uh, this is where your tax dollars are going. Yeah. This cool. is insane. Sometimes I wish this was a cooking show and we could be like the cherry goes on the whipped cream and then we all enjoy a nice strawberry shortcake. Yeah. Instead, we're like, after they kill the child, they send someone to pay off the family. Real quick, yeah, real quick also too is if you're a prosecutor and you have a case that's going to be hard to prove anyway. So you're a prosecutor. Yeah. You can file a case that's going to be hard to prove and then the victim's family says, we don't want you to file it then you're not going to file it because what do you gain? And it's very hard to make the case in terms of sensing him that this is something he would do again. Right. Right, right. Let's talk about Rittenhouse, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this, uh, last night, we were doing the members only show and like right in the middle, we're like, whoa, what's this story? Jack Posobiec tweets out that the the prosecution withheld evidence from the Kyle Rittenhouse defense team. Not true. It's actually not true. What happened? They sent manipulated evidence to the defense team. It's even worse. Let let me explain how bad this is. If the the prosecution, they say they have a drone footage. Actually, we have this article right here. This is uh, uh, from Andrew Branca. Day two, defense files for mistrial with prejudice. You can see image from the drone footage. If the prosecution presented the drone footage in court, the defense would have went, whoa, whoa, whoa. We never, we've never received this evidence, yeah, yeah. Your Honor. Bless you. So the prosecution instead gives them grainy, low-res video. Now, uh, I think it was on Mercated's stream. They, they played the vi- different videos side by side. Mm-hmm. And if you pulled it up on the TV... And you were given that the defense had no way of knowing that this was not the video. They're given the video. They play it. They say it's a video. It's drone footage. Makes sense to me. Only when the defense played the video in the in the in the jury instructions did the did the state go. Our version is much clearer. Our version is much clearer. Now a lot of people are like, how how dumb are they? Why would they admit it? They had no choice. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If the prosecution was attempting to pull a fast one on the defense to make sure they had no way to analyze the video to form a defense. They were That means they need the jury to see their version of the evidence, which is clearer. When the defense played it, they went, oh, crap. We need the jury to only see our version. And the reason the defense is given the low-res version is so they can't formulate a defense on time. So he had no choice but to say, our version is clearer. Let's play that instead. Hmm. Now, normally I'd say it was an accident. The argument is they texted the video to the defense team, which compressed it. That's insane to do. Now, the defense should have caught that, but it's not their fault. They're told they're going to be given the footage and the video, and they believe it to be true and correct. But I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. They've committed constitutional violations. They've ignored rulings from the judge. The judge says he's going to hold this in his back pocket until a verdict, but he very well may come back out and say, mistrial with prejudice, 
Rittenhouse is free to go. Wait, can I ask Mike a question because yeah. you're an attorney? Let's suppose they they forgot, right? Like there was a video file and it's in a drawer and it's like, oops, I forgot. I have it now. And I'm a prosecutor in good faith and the jury's already deliberating. What am I? What can I do at that point as a prosecutor who would be acting in good faith? Yeah, that would – so te- there's a – they call those Brady violations. Brady is information that could go to guilt or innocence or – deal with um, information at sentencing. So in other words, it shows you as um, maybe a better person, a more innocent person than you thought. So if it's a good faith error on something like that, you could get a mistrial if, with without prejudice okay. and retry it. Um, that, that would be the remedy if you wanted it. The, the defense, I don't know if they would, depending on how the case you're making a guess, right? The defense lawyer would, would say, hey, I think we're going to win anyway and, and not take it. I have a correction. Yeah. At 2.45 p.m., the defense made a verbal motion for a mistrial without prejudice. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Very wow. Prosecution what? makes laundry list of excuses over the state not providing defense with high-resolution drone video. Judge warns prosecution. He'd warned them there would be a day of reckoning over this drone video and then says he's not going to make a decision now, inclined to see what the verdict is going to be. On the 15th, the defense filed a motion for uh, a mistrial with prejudice, which means they cannot bring the charges back. But it seems like the defense is so upset over the cheating that they're like, just do a mistrial. We will do this over. Why would they want to do, would they do it over? Would they have the same prosecutor? Yeah, it would be the same prosecutor, but you know their whole case now. You have their witnesses on the record, so you, they can't change their story. They can't oh. be impeached. You, yeah, you have all this, and, and then there's a, that guy who, his criminal record has all come out now. Maybe right. you didn't have that. The, the DUI against him being dismissed, maybe that comes in. So there's a lot of things that you're going to try to bring in, in in a do-over. And all anybody can do is is guess, right? And I think yeah. that the, – so the defense is squeamish now because usually a longer deliberation means guilty. Oh, okay. Because yeah. people don't want to come back quick from jury and convict. Right, because then it looks like you're just a, a bad person. Like, oh yeah, you know, we heard the evidence. Thirty minutes guilty. Boom. You take longer, but if it's not guilty, you come back right away. Now, the Rittenhouse. There's all the speculation that there's a couple of holdouts. They're left wing activists, and that it's it's going to be hung by two left wing activists. Nobody knows though. There's all a complete and total guess as to do they need just a majority to quit, or is it has to be unanimous either way? It has to be unanimous either way. Oh, so if it's split, it's a it's a mistrial, and then and then they go back and try it again. Okay. Will Chamberlain had some interesting comments about this. He said er earlier that quote pretty clear that Rittenhouse lawyers are getting jittery. Moving for a mistrial without prejudice indicates a serious worry that a guilty verdict is coming back and that they want to get in front of it. So that could be a possibility here as well. I don't think guilty. So here's the way you would game it out if you were, you know, if you're a white Warnigan. You would say, okay, it already looks like the jury's going to be hung, right? We don't know if it's going to be hung because it was 10 to to guilty and 2 not guilty, or if it was 10 not guilty, 2 holdouts, they're going to hang it. But you're thinking it's already going to hang, so then why would you even take a choice that it might be hanging because it's going to be guilty, or that they're going to convince those two other jurors to to change their vote to being guilty? So you're thinking the odds would just say, let's just do a redo, and we have all this information now that we can use. But they still filed a motion for mistrial with prejudice and a verbal motion for mistrial. Are both motions available to the judge? Well, one would supersede. The judge can do whatever he wants. So the, the initial reason they filed it, the motion with prejudice, so their 
was that set of questions where the prosecutor had said, this is your first time talking since August 25th, 2020. Now, there's this is black letter law that you cannot make a comment about a person exercising his or her Miranda rights. What does black letter law mean? Oh, it means it's not really up for debate. Okay. It just is. If you take the bar exam and you read that transcript, there's actually a right answer. Now, the prosecutor tried to say, well, I wasn't commenting on his his uh, silence. I was just saying that because he was able to watch the whole trial, he could key up his story. And you technically can make that argument. But you can't say this is the first time you've talked. You can say – you can skip that line and say, hey, isn't it true, Tim – that you've been sitting here for this whole trial, and you go, yes. Well, isn't it true that you've watched every witness testify, and you say yes, and you go, so isn't it true then that you know exactly what you have to say in order to get the outcome you want? You can do that, but I can't. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Then, no. Yeah, you would say no. I'm here to tell the truth, and there, there's all yeah. this back and forth. But the idea, too, and the prosecutor is not very competent. Binger is not competent at all. Is when you're, when you're cross-examining, you, you just give a person a yes or no answer. You don't let them elaborate. Like, that he, uh, you, there's so many just basic tactical blunders that he made, but that would be the idea. Because then you would say, isn't it true that you could come up with any story you want? And you would say, no, I'm here to tell the truth. And then it doesn't matter because you're just imposing your narrative on the witness in cross-examination, which is the way it's supposed to be. You're, you don't get to tell your narrative on cross-examination. The inquisitor gets to, and everything has to be a leading question, yeah. yes or no. Just keep it yes or no. Isn't that true? So fortunately, Binger is incompetent, unethical, <laughs> and, and I, I tweeted out even you know quoting Michael Mouse that to be blackpilled is to think that Binger is going to beat us, right? Yeah, like that these aren't unstoppable foes. Yeah, yeah, they're clearly they're evil. Yeah, but, but yeah, but you, it, so the jury's deliberating. Mm-hmm. Don't they know people outside are screaming on megaphones? Of course, the jury should have been sequestered. That, they're not sequestered. You no. know that someone? Are you serious? And I someone? Know. I know. So, I didn't believe it myself. Someone filmed the jury from their bus pickup, and the judge went, "Well, we'll just make sure that doesn't happen again." When we deleted the okay. footage, and it's like, what? Yeah, no. And then, the jury's got to be sweating bullets, right? And there's no Merrick Garland's not going to issue a memo saying yeah. that we need to go after people who are trying to tamper with the jury, yeah. even though that's how they get the mob for jury tampering. It's literally jury tampering uh, uh, tampering happening here, and they're getting away with it. So they're definitely evil, but they're also dumb. And that's what – so that if, – if you're looking at this from a, a big strategic perspective, right, and that's what makes them dangerous is they don't have any morality. Right. That That much we know – but they're dumb, and they haven't been through a crucible. I don't know if you saw Adam Schiff cry on The View over a couple <laughs> questions, and I'm thinking they they can't stand any kind of media scrutiny, so they but are weak. Can, can you explain something else to me? Because like I always try to steal man, like if something I don't understand, mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm thinking it's me. Why would how would anyone as a prosecutor tell the jury and and the audience that who hasn't taken a beating at one point in their life? That seems like such a bizarre statement to make. Like, he said that. Yeah, like what am I missing? Uh, people make bad arguments. Oh, okay. That, yeah. <laughs> is, it, yeah. is, is it what it looks like? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I want to address what you were saying. You know, look, zombies have no morality, and right. zombies are stupid, but when you get a whole lot of them, right. you're in trouble. Sure. At least figuratively, because no one's ever actually been attacked by zombies. But you get the point. No, they out... And that's the, that was strategically, is they outnumber us, they're evil, and they're dumb, but that's how you have to war game it out. Yeah. Is But the problem with, you know, conservatives or whatever the case is, the people who are supposed to counteract it is they constantly refuse to accept that you're dealing with the evil. Yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah, – yeah. they're not wrong. They're not making mistakes. They're evil. Right. They want to, like, destroy people's lives. 
I was yeah. I was just on uh, Rogan's show, and um, I, I don't think it comes out today. It probably comes out tomorrow, whatever. But I said Chris Cuomo is evil, mm-hmm. and Joe was like, "No, man." Right. He's like, "He's not evil. Like these guys are just doing production and they're not paying attention." And I said, "It's the banality of evil." Chris Cuomo pretended to be in quarantine to trick people into thinking he was locked down when he wasn't, when he was going to his private property and got into a fight with some guy or verbal altercation. And I said, it's evil to willfully deceive the people. Yeah, it's lying. It's called lying. But but it's it's more than lying. We're talking about people whose lives are being destroyed by this. And he's acting as an agent to make sure they don't resist as their businesses, their homes, their families, and everything's everything's destroyed. And I'm like, it's evil, man. It's tough because this cell phone was built by slaves. And I, I know that. But I'm still, I still bought it and I still use it. Is that, am I evil? Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. The honest truth. That's not why. (laughs) I know that. But 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 isn't it still the banality of evil that we knew that the Foxconn labs were so horrifying? People were committing mass suicide and we were like, but we accept this because we want it. Isn't that the banality that we would just go along with these horrifying systems? And the banality evil is more. The idea that evil doesn't come in the form that you think it right. is at Charles right. Manson. It was based on Hera and its book where she would examine these Nazis and they're more like, hey, I just want to like keep my job and right. I need to get X number of Jews. Yeah, but, but – Hey, look, I just yeah. – the phone, I need it for work and Cuomo's I understand slaves evil. are – But Cuomo's woefully right. evil. Right, right. Banal- Banality of evil would, would imply that he's just like um, – Hey, I'm going to get vaccinated for my job, and I'm going to have a vax, and I'm going to show my vaccination pass to people, and I'm just going to kind of cooperate because yeah. this is what I have to do. Right. I- Ian actually had, I think, one of the best responses because we were talking about whether or not the NPCs, the zombie hordes, are truly evil. And so I asked Ian, I was like, "Ian, are zombies evil?" And he immediately was like, uh, "Well, in D and D, yes, they are chaotic evil, but I no, like- they're not. They're, they don't have an alignment anymore, Ian. They, they made them it? neutral. Y- yeah, they're not neutral. They don't have an alignment. Whoa." What is happening? You ruined the funny Topsy point. turvy. <laughs> Do well, your homework, Well, the Ian zombie Crosser. lord is evil. I know that. Well, the zombie lord has sentience, Ian. Yes. Okay, yes, guys. King. I want to talk to you about evil. <laughs> I want to talk to all of you about the Rittenhouse trial and what we can see as reasonable, mature adults, evil. Did you know that Gage Grosskreutz in January 2021 had a drunk driving offense? Hmm. And the prosecutor said, we'll make that go bye-bye six days before the Rittenhouse trial. Let me show you here from, from New York Post. Sole survivor has criminal past. They say, Gross Kreutz, 28, was in court just six days before Rittenhouse's murder trial, where he was a star witness to have a recent drunk driving charge dismissed on a technicality. I wonder. So weird. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit when Rogan came on. I kind of went off and talked about all of his criminal charges. The Daily Mail called him a, a career criminal, but this wasn't his first DUI. This was his second DUI. Now, I don't know anyone who had a DUI, had a second one, and was able to get off of it when when the consequences are so serious. When when you have a second DUI, I mean, I, I, we could look up exactly the, the ramifications of it, but the first DUI, in some states, they take away your car, they take away your license, and you face a, a, a very long jail term because of that. A second one on a long criminal record of domestic abuse, prowling, trespass, felony burglary, two counts of carrying firearms while intoxicated oh. on top of these two DUIs. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about someone who's, who's definitely not a upstanding citizen, but yet he's treated like some kind of celebrity on Good Morning America, which he had his first interview on, and I think the nerds want to nerd out about something. Yeah, we're so, getting to the so, important so, stuff. <laughs> right. I, love, I love this show. Yeah, this you are nice. fact-checked, Michael Malice. <laughs> All right, something happened. Snap. We were just talking about how oh these people are, are NPCs, they're zombies, 
And the question is, are zombies evil? As of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, yes, they are neutral evil. Right, they so don't tend towards law or chaos. They're kind of in the middle. Evil. But they're definitely evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, 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 so for context... They're not, they're not good. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. for context, for people who don't understand, we're just making an analogy to... You have all of these people who will vote Democrat, who will go along with, with lockdowns and mandates and restrictions on civil liberties. They'll go along with the, the uh, Rittenhouse prosecutor presenting false evidence and they will just say i don't care what happened i'm on their side no matter what we call them zombies Hmm. and then the question was but is that evil or is that just being a zombie ian told us last week that in DD zombies are evil but michael contested this and you have been fact checked sir uh, zombies are evil i also think there's a difference between npcs and zombies though i think so too yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. because zombies are actually actively hunting NPCs are just and this following. suggests that, that their neutral evil suggests that they will betray the law at any moment for their own self-serving mm-hmm. purposes, and they'll also side with the law at any moment for their own self-serving well, purposes. I, 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 I think, think they're, they're lemmings. Zombies though. are mindless. Yeah, zombies I'm, don't have an opinion on the law. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can get. You know, what is evil? Does evil require intent? Does it require outcome? What if you're in good nature? And that's why I don't use. Um, and I really used to not use it, but my rhetoric has probably gotten a little more fiery over the years. Is I very rarely say someone's evil. Almost I, never. I, I used to yeah. be the exact same way. Yeah. And I'd be very philosophical. Like, a lot of these people are just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But when we get to the point where Binger, the, the prosecutor, introduces fake evidence, CGI evidence, thre- uh, c- commits vo- constitutional violations, defies the rulings. The problem is the judge let him get away with it. Mm-hmm. Evil is rewarded. Well, I don't think that I agree with Mike, but I think NPCs aren't evil per se. But the ones who are running the show are the evil ones. Right. Right. The Chris Cuomo is evil. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dom, what I'm saying. Don Lemon's evil. The lemmings who watch CNN. Yeah. They're just lemmings. Yeah. They would fall off a cliff. They right. would literally if Chris Cuomo told people to do anything, they would fall off a cliff to their own detriment. And if they were so, born in Idaho, they'd be watching Fox and they'd be NPCs in that. Right. Right. Capacity. Exactly. So they're just following whatever they're told to do. So they're not re- they're not evil. They're just mindless people who would go off a, a cliff again if if they had they're, to, which is different. But Binger's evil, uh, without question, because the people who are trying to lynch a seventeen year old are evil. The pedophile who got shot was <laughs> yes. was evil. Like pedophilia, like I, I put that on the evil list. Yeah. And th- and this guy, I mean. It it was the most atrocious. I, I want to not get into the specifics because it's so atrocious. I don't think people want to hear what he did to these children. Right? He didn't just. It, it wasn't like he was watching pornography. He no, actually assaulted no. a child, yeah. more than no, one child. I think that's assault, a big difference. Assault is not strong enough. Well, we can't but, say yeah. what he you know. did. Atrocity. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yes. committed atrocities against children. An abomination. Five of like, them. Eleven counts. Ages nine to eleven. Those and there's details no. Matter. And, and there's no. The only reason he's allowed on the street is because of our legal system, which yeah. is flawed. Mm-hmm. If someone does that to a child this person should never be allowed to see the outside of a cell children you know, i'm kind of with you yes. about I, i'm reticent to call people good and evil because the way especially with the way D works it's a, it's a scale <laughs> from like <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me reference the bible very, real quick you have a rating from one to a hundred evil being one good being a hundred and you're somewhere on that scale 78 say mm. every act you do maybe it's an evil act might drop that from sure. a 78 to a 74 and then you might do a good act to atone and then you might do something horrible like kill someone and it drops to a five and all of a sudden but that doesn't like mean it's, Baldwin. it's not static. Yeah, interesting. It does, it, so you're you're not right. You might be able we, to they say right now what you've done. We think you, you're evil, but that doesn't mean you're not capable of good. Sure, I believe in God and redemption, and I think that I mean I believe in original look, sense. Look, so I think we're all mm-hmm. we all have but, evil in us. So let me yeah. ask you this question though, Ian: If Reza Aslan of CNN eats human brain, is he a cannibal? I don't. 
Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. If, you, if you played tennis in your 20s, but you no longer play, no longer play, are you still a tennis player? Well, hold on. But we're talking about very serious actions. I understand people like, I, I, I would actually argue, if you played tennis, like, you're a tennis player. But cannibalism is something very specific. Reza Aslan of CNN, on TV, ate human brain. That's is it fair to How call How did he get it, though? He, it was given to him by these this this fringe sect of like Hindu monks or whatever. But how could a human brain have anything to do with CNN? That makes no sense. CNN mm, did a go. show about religion. It's a joke. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> come on, right. Tim. Come on, Tim. I don't like it. No, 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 no. But, 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 but hold on. Has anyone addressed the question? Is Reza Aslan a cannibal? Yes. Even yes. though he's not eating humans. Well, now? the the idea and that goes to does your are you defined by your worst moment? Mm. Right. And again, that's why I don't like the to use evil. Because if you're a lawyer, you've thought about this. If you've defended people charged with terrible things, you think, are you defined by your worst moment? That's a question that everybody has to wrestle with. This philosophical one. So can you never not – there's even that joke that the guy said he fornicated with the goat once and now for the rest of the life he's a goat <laughs> fornicator. <laughs> and my my belief, generally speaking, is that there's a, a redemption period that every, I disagree. almost everything – Well, if you oh, – no, no, hold on, hold on. I yeah. disagree. Okay. Rosenbaum. Mm. 10 years, 20 years. It was, it's been 15 years. It had been 15 years since those actions he committed. Uh, sorry. Is um, that the one who assaulted the kids? Yes. You yeah. don't come back from that. You no, don't come back. Don't. But yeah. do you come back from eating human? Yes. Because he didn't yeah. kill the human. He didn't kill a person. All right. Well, what, what if you murder someone? Are you a murderer? Yes. Yes. Forever. Yes, in my opinion. Did if it's wait. murder, I don't mean like drunk driving. Then why not a cannibal? Like, see, this is, this is, this is an important I don't question. I cannibalism is that bad in this context. I, I'm, but what I'm saying is... What we're basically saying is based on our personal views of morality, we're willing to re- give someone redemption and not call them a name by their worst moment. Mm-hmm. If, if someone murders someone, they're always a murderer. Alec Baldwin is always a murderer, I don't think, but Reza Aslan's so. no longer a cannibal? I, I, I don't no. think eating human brain is a I, problem. Like I said, with, with stuff that happens with kids is a little different. Yeah. I, I don't like to reduce people to their to their lowest moment. Mm. Okay. Right? That Generally speaking, that's not how I view humanity because my fundamental view is that we're all whatever's in our hearts and minds. If that were published to the world, what would that look like? Oof. Right? And then you would say, well, that's the evil thought. That's different. The actions are different. And there's a whole sliding scale for this. But my, my view, generally speaking, is that you don't hold, you don't define a person by their worst moment, with the exception, again, with, you know, if you're a Rosenbaum. serial child molester, you know, that's a little bit different than a guy who loaded up maybe something, a video or something that he shouldn't have. There could be a, a period of redemption after yeah. that. But in, in the familiest, friendliest way, I want to make sure we stress that he was beyond that. Rosenbaum was committing atrocities against children. The yes. worst possible. The yes. worst possible thing you can imagine being yep. done to a child that they have to live with for the rest of their I would lives. also say don't define people by their best moments. Yes. Because right. a lot of people like Alec Baldwin's done a lot of great work as an actor, but if he does some horrible crime, I don't want to be like, well, he's a good guy, well, so I let's think let it, him it go. That's why I don't bad follow... The bad moment is and how good the good moment mm-hmm. is, right? If someone's like a firefighter and then he like, you know, gets into a bar fight and beats somebody up, I'm willing to let that slide if he's safe. I don't care about well, a bar fight anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think there's a sliding scale, too, because are we talking about someone like Henry Kissinger, Jeffrey Epstein? Because they're in a def- different realm <laughs> yeah, of evil yeah, yeah. comparatively to, of course, you know, low-level criminals, petty criminals, arsonists. Th- th- there's a big difference. That's a good way. To, if you think of every action in your life is weighting the scale of one to a hundred, if you've done a million things that have given yeah. you a hundred and then you do one thing that gives you a one, it's barely going to yeah. move the needle to 99.9. Like, like Henry Kissinger is Satan. He is absolutely evil. He's he not is, great. <laughs> at least, Linda, come on. Linda? Come on now. Linda, Linda, honey, listen, honey, Linda. Stop it there. Stay in the kitchen. Do you like his, uh, his ideas on limited war? I don't want to derail, but. I mean, what, what Kissinger has done throughout his entire it's career, uh, uh, propping up China and, and the communist state there, uh, de-industrializing the United States, bringing jobs over there, putting the current geopolitical situation, setting up Saudi Arabia with the petrodollar. I mean, the way that the world is right now, how broken it is, can be directly correlated to Henry Kissinger. The man advises the Pope. He advised Oof, presidents. This. He advises corporations. He advised Obama. Obama's national security advisor said he takes his daily orders from Henry Kissinger. And Obama has a lot of influence so I, in the Biden administration. So I, I would say it, he's still in charge. He sat down with Donald Trump. Donald Trump was, was licking his boots. All right. That. Yeah. Those are really good points. I just don't want to derail, though. Uh, and I have a question for uh, Cernovich. The deliberations in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial have now gone on for over two days. Mm. What do you think that means? Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. If I were his lawyer, what I think it would mean is that if you can get a mistrial without prejudice, you want to roll the dice again because you're only the only outcome for you at that point is t- it's tending towards bad. If I had to guess, I would say that there's one or two holdouts to convict. It's the vast majority of people who are not guilty. A couple of activists got on that jury. Yep. And they're going to hang – because usually you hang the jury the other way. Usually your your challenge is getting one or two people – usually need two because one person is always going to back down – to vote not guilty mm. and get the retrial. This, I think, is the opposite because he's so clearly – like if we were the left and he were convicted, my God, because he's so clearly not guilty. It's, yeah. it's not even up for reasonable discussion. If they were to get a mistrial without prejudice, would they get a new jury? Yep, New, it'd be uh, all over. New Good jury. luck finding an untainted jury at this right. point. But on I, top of that, do they recall all the witnesses? Yeah. Every, uh, you, so what you do, yeah. and this is why, if you're if you're Rittenhouse's lawyer, you're thinking, man, I have indigestion. Things have been going on for a long time, looking like we're not going to get a not guilty. If we roll the dice again, we have every witness now. We know what they're going to say. Yeah. So we know what our opening argument, our closing argument is going to be. You have the test now. The judge right? knows this. Yeah, the judge when when they the Rittenhouse defense filed a motion for mistrial with prejudice mm-hmm. because it had uh, but th- they did that before deliberations even started. Right. But now we're we're a day into deliberations and they came back on day two and said we'll take a mistrial with no prejudice. So the judge has to know they're sweating. Mm. Yeah. No. No. He knows and the odds have changed. So you're you, the the way things are going now. You think let's roll again. We have all we have all everybody on the record now. All the evidence that the prosecutor 
head head we have, it can only get better for the defense in a second trial. So if I'm them, I'm thinking it can only get better for us yeah. if we retry this mofo. It can only get better for us. There's a lot of mistakes they made. Mm. Uh, there's the a defense, lot of things. The defense. The made? defense. Okay. The defense. Yeah. They did. I think they did fairly well. Uh, I think the state screwed up royally. But that means the defense has all of that knowledge of their screw-ups. Yep. They know the state, the state's weaknesses and the things in the stand that really screwed them up. They have that advantage. And they can pull the jury when there's a mistrial. So they can talk to the jurors who said, well, hey, you know, why did you think he was innocent? Oh, wow. You, they can wow. do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, one, you can pull the jury. Oh, so you can, wow. Yeah, yeah. So they can see what arguments work and what exactly. didn't. Exactly. And then you focus group that. And you, wow. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people... You can't do this in criminal trials because you can't afford them. But in big high injury, personal injury, they do mock trials and they oh, bring yeah. in juries and then Whoa. they say, well, you know, or, or they'll even have like buttons where they're like, if you think something's really good, like you push the button and some animals, because <laughs> oh, this is where there's tens of millions of dollars at stake. And if it's just your life, you know, it's, it's just unfortunately. So if they have a mistrial, does he go back in jail or is he out on a, on parole, on, on a, whatever it is? He was, he was out on bail, so he okay, would remain, bail. he would okay. remain out of bail. Okay. They could talk to the jury. They could get a, a reshot. Okay. It would only get better for the defense. So if I'm them and I could get a mistrial without prejudice, I know that people are going to second guess me, but I take that in a second. Okay. I, I got to tell you, if, um, the reason why I don't think I could probably ever be on a jury is that there is almost, almost, no circumstance in which I would say guilty. Okay, can I can I jump in here? Yeah. Now I'm not allowed to say this, so I'm going to tap dance a little about it. Uh, there's something called grand jury, and what grand jury is is like I think 25 or 30 people. You're impaneled for two weeks, and you all have to sit in, and this is where you get uh, uh, charges put forward. You right. know, like they say a grand jury will indict a hand sandwich. Mm-hmm. I said to them, this part I can't say. I'm an anarchist. I won't. Uh, convict under any circumstances they said too bad you're on the grand jury I'm like all right. now that I'm under these circumstances I have to work within the system it is very easy I'm giving this advice to everyone especially on drug charges juries want to be led Mm -hmm. so if you are in the possibility of being on a jury and you say to people look we have no duty to convict do you really want to ruin this kid's life because he had some weed or was selling some weed that's going to be on your conscience. Then talk about slavery and how I made this up. <laughs> like, you know, they wouldn't convict on slave charges back in the day. They probably didn't, but I was pulling out of my ass. <laughs> and you'd be amazed at how receptive people are to letting people walk when someone makes a coaching case for them. And when that DA walks back in the room and you say, we're not returning any charges, they're baffled. But all it takes is that one person on yeah. that grand jury to sway everybody yeah. else and make a cogent but, argument. But it's not just it's not just that people want to be swayed. It's that many are NPCs. A lot yeah, of people sure. are there like, I don't want to be here. I got to go to work. Yeah, the game's here. on tonight. But they do want to do the right thing. For yeah. sure. And, and your job so, is to tell them what that is. As a leader, you when you say voice. we should not yeah, return an indictment. So, so my point was, if I'm on a jury and they say, you know, like, here's a guy who was in his home. He defended himself. And the state says, we think that he actually intended to commit harm. I'd be like, not guilty. Yep. Because I'm not, I'm like, very similar to your uh, ideology. However, I say almost none. Because if I'm on a jury and it's very, very, oh, yeah, yeah. very clear cut. 
like Rosenbaum, I'd be like guilty, guilty, guilty. Or there's cases yeah. where like if someone like literally raped or killed someone, it's it's, it's well, yeah. well, it depends if there's victimless. Yeah, crimes. exactly. Right. In, in New exactly. Hampshire, I've heard stories about the Free State Project. Whenever they have gatherings, that whenever they find out someone has jury duty, they all celebrate and get really happy <laughs> because they know it's an opportunity to yeah. nullify, nullify whatever laws they don't believe in personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people they get the jury duty notice. They're like, oh crap, I don't want to do this. They feel bad about this. But you have an opportunity to raise your voice and actually make an argument that could have severe ramifications for the law on where you live. And there's a thing called victimless crimes. Do the research on it. Do the homework on it. Because if there isn't a victim, there's no reason the state should be going after individuals. And I will never convict on a drug charge, no matter what. Yeah, Yeah, my body, my choice. The judge could say, if the state has proven their case that this man was in possession of acts... You must return a guilty verdict. And I'll say, no, I won't. No, you won't. You don't have to. Yeah, no, I won't. When to. people give nope. like very addictive drugs to children, I get a little nervous because I'm pretty yeah. wide open oh, on drugs. Yeah, that's Kids different. are different. Kids that's are different. Very that's, different. Why, yeah. that's why I say no, almost. No, that I would say in the instance of fentanyl, if someone is giving fentanyl to people and he knows they're dying But that's poisoning it, them. That's not giving them drugs. That drug. Drug. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I mean, that's, but, but that's why it's hard. It's easy to say never. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Lydia, that's not a drug charge. That's a murder charge. That's interesting that you consider fentanyl especially in large doses a poison it's, I it's have poison no, yeah, not like a Ian, if I yeah. give you a soda but it's really got arsenic in it exactly it's arsenic's not a drug arsenic is a there's a victim oh, it's yeah. different yeah. Uh, I in almost any circumstance where a person chooses I would probably not convict so oh, of course. children yeah, yeah. are different Victimless, vic- victimless crimes are almost a guarantee. Like, yeah. this person was in possession of this, I'd be like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> There's also informed consent. So if an inv- if if a person wants to take fentanyl, that is that person's right. Mm. It's his body. It's his choice. But they if someone... Pu- yeah, they of course shouldn't. But if someone puts it in a substance yes. and the other person doesn't know that's about it, that's a victim. Right. That's a yeah. crime. Like a that's obviously something that should or be punished. Yeah. And someone should of be course. held accountable for their individual actions. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. In questions of individual choice, those kinds of trials and uh, almost never going, uh, you'd never get me to convict on anything. And this and is it, a great opportunity for everyone to save the, save a life. Not only that, that's true. But with Kyle Rittenhouse, you know why there's no argument they could make in court to convince me to convict? I'm not saying you can't convince me that Kyle was wrong. I certainly don't think he was wrong. I think that there's reasons he shouldn't have been there for sure, sure. but I believe he was defending himself, and I think there, there, there are a lot of issues at play. But the reason I would never convict almost in, ever on a self-defense issue is because it is better that 100 guilty persons go free than yes. one innocent right. person suffer. Yes, especially I when he's really a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, look, I understand the risks. I understand the risks of releasing a hundred guilty persons, mm. but I will not be party to a system that imprisons the innocent. Well, the thing is, the, the releasing guilty people is what happened. He's fighting off pedophiles and, and assailants. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Rosenbaum was released yes. that day. Yeah. Well, so there's a question that about true? that. Some people have said he was in a mental hospital for yeah, trying to take his... Bag. But some people are saying yeah. they can't find the records of that, right. and they haven't found the documentation proving that. Some people say it was a jail, but again, it's still very unclear. Either, either way, my view is that. like... I think it's it's shocking to me how inhuman our legal system has become. But it's and I, always been this way, Tim. N- n- sort of. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you to a great degree. But when we had a very very uh, small, when our communities were very very small and everyone knew each other, it was very different. Judge Judge Smith was not sending Walter's kid to prison for the rest of his life because he was in possession. He's going to be like, "Aren't you Billy? Aren't you Walter's kid? 
What are you doing coming down here with this stuff? If I see your, I see your dad down at the pub, I'm going to tell him what for. We're giving you probation or whatever. Today, the cop walks over and says, I don't know you. I don't care. Tell the judge. Big city. That's yeah. what, what that's happens. The problem when, with density. When the yes. prosecutor, if the prosecutor were to find evidence of, of innocence, would they, would they still go for the guilty verdict or are they, do they have a duty to be like, well, that's called the Brady violation. So that, that again goes to evidence. Uh, the prosecutor has a duty. So there's, I don't want to go too far in the weeds with you guys, but there there are two different ways to do this. One is you ha- constitutionally the prosecutor has to disclose any evidence that could go to guilt or mitigation at sentencing. So if they know you're innocent, they have a duty to do it. Some states have what is called the open file law. So if you're a prosecutor, you just have to give your file to the defense. There, that way you can't say, well, I don't think this piece of evidence is really going to be what's called exculpatory evidence. Uh, it's not exculpatory, so you don't even give them that choice. And most people like me advocate open, uh, or most people who are civil libertarians advocate open files. If you're going to, whatever you have, you have to give it to the defense, right? Because your duty is to do justice. That's the, the myth is that, you know, if you're a lawyer and you're suing me in a litigation case, your job is only to your client. You don't know anything to me, but the idea is prosecutors have a duty to quote unquote do justice. It's all fake. You know what's what sad? you're saying though is 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 always been like it's always been bad. Yeah, it's but, always but, been. But bad. you know what's sad to me? Prosecutors are supposed to aren't they supposed to seek justice? That's the the point of prosecution, right? Then they have grand juries, which is okay. We're going to impanel regular people to see if they agree. We should bring charges, and it's all broken. Yeah. Well, there's another aspect to this. When people go to jail, they come out way worse. Mm-hmm. Jail is usually a university for criminals, where they learn how to do more criminal and, and activities net- and, and, network. and network with other Jeez. people. Uh, and and they come out of that place a lot worse than they came in, and they become more destructive towards society. And it's a it's a cycle where they keep going in and out. Yes. In and out. And, and and the system not only tortures them, not only uh, you know deprives them, and, and especially with the January sixth uh, people who are, were sent to jail, the inhumane situations that they're put in, cells that are flooded with sewage, uh, denied basic medical attention, denied even proper food, getting beaten by guards. We're talking about a system that r- corrupts a human being and robs them of their life. And, so and, so, and and again, there are some really bad people out there. They, they deserve punishment but a lot of times what they get in the prison system is not that i I, I think it's very unfortunate that when you talk about having better prison conditions for prisoners a lot of people who are conservatives would be like well they shouldn't have done this throw lock them up throw away the key god help you if uh whatever this prosecutor's name decides you should be throwing away the key well they're in jail right now they're they're called the january 6th (laughs) i don't i don't i don't like the idea of deserve punishment I don't like uh, a, a justice system that is actually just a punishment or retribution right. system. I look at people who do bad things and say, how can we make them not do a bad thing in the future and then welcome them back into the warm, loving bosom of society? But then you guys were just saying that you define people by the lowest moment, though. Right. Yeah, I, I don't some mean, people, yes. So, and some people go to prison. Right. But, no, universal. no. But, but that's the whole idea, though, is in a way you, you have to choose. Do you want... Do you want retribution? Do you want redemption? How do you find redemption? Well, 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 yeah. But I'm not saying it's it's a zero sum game. Some people are not worthy of redemption, and I th- I think we can try, or we can say of people like Rosenbaum who committed atrocities, we say this guy should probably be be locked up forever. Well, that would happen when the, someone like that does get released. Well, that's why if you asked me and other people, like uh, you know, people have have thought about these issues. We send way too many people to prison, but we don't send 
violent criminals away long enough. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wrong like, in it's, both ways. Yeah. It's like we yeah. got to sharpen the curve. You know, the very yeah. violent yeah. get more time and most people get yeah. less. QAnon, you know, QAnon, uh, Shawin is going to do, did more time than that. Well, than he got pedos. charged for 41 months. Uh, as of yeah, today, yeah. Sentence. 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 well, in he addition, sentence. well, he got fifty-one months because ten was time served in solitary confinement. Right, right. He was in solitary. Yeah, yeah, ten months. No, they completely broke him. Well, yeah. Torture. There, there's no other makeup. way. There's no other way to put yeah, it. Solitary oh, confinement stays. is yeah. torture. Yeah. So, yeah. so check this out. So, so we do have this story. This is from uh, Daily Mail. I have no excuses. It was indefensible. Contrite QAnon shaman Jacob Chansley is sentenced to forty-one months in prison mm-hmm. for his role in the Capitol rights. Forty-one months, and I will tell you this: there's one reason why he got forty-one months because he wore horns. And you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Seriously? It was iconic photography. It was iconic he was symbol. to see. He was a symbol. That's, that's yes. what the prosecutor was arguing. That he's a symbol of the exactly. insurrection? Yep. Mm. These, so there were people there who were shoving against cops who were, were violent and attacking. And that I get. Arrest them. Charge them. You committed a crime. But there were people who bumbled in, who were walking around, doors open by the police. And many of these people are getting charged. But it's worse than that. It's the torture that's going on in the jails. For any one of these individuals, it's wrong. And it's the pe- it was that woman, I think, in Alaska, right? The feds yeah. raided her home. The overreach on this is insane. It's the expansion of the Capitol Police nationwide. What the Biden administration's uh, DOJ has been doing across the board has been nightmarishly corrupt. But I want to make sure we focus on the torture. How do you get a guy, he's wearing horns, and he bumbles in, he goes, Rah, and then he leaves. For, for 41 months. 51, we, yeah. 51? No, it was 41. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, no, the, I guess the prosecutor wanted 51. He got 41, and he'll get time served for the 10 months he did. Yeah. So did you hear what Enrique Tario said? No. Mm-hmm. Enrique Tario, uh, the chairman of the Proud Boys, is in jail because he confessed to, to tearing down a Black Lives Matter uh, banner and then burning it. I and this. I think he got only a few months. Six months. Six months. Yep. And he said his, his cell fills with sewage. Mm-hmm. He's oh it, like gosh. basically what is he being abused by guards or was that him who said that he, he, he there there was a letter written by him right. that that came out that people could read and they could see what he's going through right now I don't want to put words in his mouth he I think he he said it very eloquently in his letter and I think people should read it to bring attention to this but six months for for that charge compare that to all the other rioting and crazy stuff that we know the FBI has drones gauge gross footage of exactly and gauge so gross many other individuals goes to a riot in Kenosha. With a gun he's not legally allowed to possess, I think by uh, – I'll say this to you, Michael. I believe he has the right to, the constitutional right, the human right to. But for statute reasons and how we're we're arguing law enforcement, he wasn't allowed to have it. What happens? The prosecutor instructs the detectives not to execute a signed search search warrant against his phone. He gets drunk driving charges dismissed just before the trial. And he's getting no charges when they know he lied to the police. That's obstruction. They know his gun he was not allowed to have concealed because his permit was invalid. No charges. Mm-hmm. But Enrique Tario, well, he tur- he vandalized something. Now, I tell you, look, vandalism is bad. You shouldn't tear down someone's banner and burn it. That's theft of property and destruction, right? And, it's disproportionate. And this also speaks to this kind of uh, ridiculous idea of equality before the law, which has never existed and can never exist, mm-hmm. because everyone knows it's an absolute given that a district attorney will cut a deal with someone who's lower on the totem pole in the hopes of getting a better person. So if there was equality before the law, people would be treated and prosecuted equally. But they are perfectly willing and able on a daily basis to say, we know you committed these crimes. You're getting away with it just as long as you cooperate with us. Do you think that if everyone was treated equally under the law, that... Uh, inevitably, everyone that gets to a certain position of power would do something illegal and be taken down, and it would just the system just couldn't function. Like the CIA is an illegal; it's 
its whole purpose is to do illegal things in secret. I I don't think the that system is in a position to enforce hyperbole. itself. Hmm. You know, I just had this tweet today. Like, so the Supreme Court has to go through the Senate, right, and uh, for confirmation. So it's basically like asking prisoners to choose their own corrections officers. Are they going to pick corrections officers that are going to restrict their freedoms, hmm. or are they going to pick the COs that let them do whatever the heck you want? And yeah. that's exactly what you see with the Senate and, and the Supreme Court, well, where the well, Supreme Court gives them basically a blank check to do whatever to, they to, like. To be fair, the president. You know, sure, uh, of course, nominates, nominates them, yeah, and then it has to go to the Senate for right, confirmation. So they don't just get to choose whoever they want; they sure. have to agree and say we'll accept. This. Right, but they are giving the rubber stamp. They're not going to give the rubber stamp on someone, yeah. uh, historically speaking, who's going to tell them you at Congress can't pass whatever laws you want. Yeah, but also we have way too many laws. We have right. way too much of a bureaucracy. According to Harvard University professor Harvey Silvergate, he estimates that on average, the American each day commits. Three felonies a day. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> fel- day. Fel- three felonies yeah. a day. Uh, Harvard University professor Harvey Silvergate uh, came out with. Uh, I don't you buy know, that. Yes, come well, on. Well, this it's called overcriminalization. I, I, I yeah. do. There, there's been there's been like a lot of research on it. So, let's just say, for example, you dump your gray water tank in a parking lot. They could come up with an environmental regulation right. violation sure. into that and turn something that would be. You know, at most a civil offense with a fine, and they could cook that up. So there, there's laws about junk mail. There's laws about all kinds of things that would really surprise you, and it's all about what they can get away with. And and you could be like, you know, just like a regular old high school teacher who takes an RV out to the desert to cook some blue meth, and all of a sudden you get the DEA. You get a TV you. show made about you. Yeah, a TV show. Is that did that say your average person commits three felonies per day? Uh, yeah. So yeah. that would mean that some people might do nine and then two other people <laughs> might do zero. Yeah. 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 This is a book. That's it's fair. called Three Felonies well, lying, Today. Lying on your, I mean, lying on your resume is technically wire fraud because you oh, right. oh, fraud. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You commit fraud because you're trying to get money or a thing of value from an employer. Mm-hmm. You transmit it via interstate commerce, via wow. the Internet. So that's technically wire fraud. Wow. wow. I wasn't okay. that sheath underwear model. They used a body double. They got this really fit little person. Yeah. I love it. Okay. It he wasn't was you. Gorgeous. No, take credit, Michael. Take credit. No, that's why lawyers are always, you know, paranoid <laughs> because you realize that if they want to get you, yeah. like the, the way I describe it to people is if they want to get you, they will, but don't give them your head. Yeah. And there's a lot because people do a lot of reckless things. So, for example, if I I didn't even go did you see on January 6th because in the back of my mind I said I bet you they'll cook up something Mm -hmm. they'll cook up something against me if I'm even there because that's the lawyer in me and then you know a lot of people they just walked in well technically those people didn't violate the law because trespass requires that you know that you're not supposed to be there you get a warning yeah and if you're if you were just some like MAGA rube who came out from Ohio because you believe in QAnon you, you don't you don't know if you're not pushing forward. You're just like following the mob. The police opened the door for them. Yeah. Took selfies yep. with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they didn't actually break the law because they didn't have notice that they weren't supposed to be there. It doesn't really matter. So they will – or like they did with James O'Keefe. It sounds like they're trying to cook up something against him even though he didn't do anything illegal. Yeah. But well, they'll cook it up. Well, you, you add three felonies, 
three felonies a day with the constant surveillance that happens on the average American with yeah. almost everything being tracked, traced, and database with the FBI using their counterterrorism division to investigate parents who go to PTA meetings. When you add all of that up, you have a recipe of, of disaster. You have essentially the KGB going after political dissidents who, of course, disagree with the current political structure and dare challenge, challenge the narrative that they're trying to invoke onto everyone. I, and look, conservatives were the law and order people forever like i was always a like you can go back i wrote i was writing about this stuff 20 years ago this is just my wheelhouse and conservatives never gave a shit you know or never gave a crap and now suddenly they care and they're like oh we're being unfairly treated no you're not yeah this is what happens to people charged with federal offenses this is what happens to everyone the oh the january 6 people are being treated different than the rioters dude every everybody who goes to that federal system gets cooked. They say you can beat the you can beat the rap but you can't beat the ride. They'll grind you down, destroy your life. That's what they do to everybody. They've got infinite money. That yeah. you, it's your tax money. And there's yeah. that old yeah. line about how a liberal is a conservative who's been arrested, but <laughs> a, a, a conservative is a liberal who's been arrested, but a liberal is a con- Hold on. A liberal is a cons- a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged, yep. and a liberal <laughs> is a conservative who's been arrested. Okay, yeah. Okay. What happens if you've been mugged and arrested? Because I've been both. Have you? Or, I've been mugged. I think and you're arrested. a moderate. I've just been arrested. Were you, yeah. were you mugged in Chicago? Where are you mugged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a uh, uh, a guy. Well, so a guy tried mugging me, and I just left. And like he, he was. So a guy comes up next to me. He's like six six, six seven. He's this tall blonde dude, and he's and I'm, I was in Lincoln Park, and I'm crossing the street, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going, man? How's it going? How's, how's, how's it going?" And I was like, "Good, good." And he and he goes, "Awesome, awesome." So why, why don't you give me the money that you have? Give me the money that you have right now, because I got a knife on me, and I want to do the right thing, and you want to do the right thing, and we don't got to get things bad. And I started laughing. And then I was like, yeah, okay, I don't have any money. And he goes, you think, I, you think I'm stupid? You think I don't know? And so I pulled out my empty wallet, and I'm like, here's my no money, and I put it back. As, as I'm walking, I'm like not facing, I'm just keep walking. And he's like, I told you I have a knife, and I know you got your money in your shoe. And I started laughing again. We crossed the street, and we walked about a half block when all of a sudden a cop grabs him, like a plainclothes anti-crime cop, slams him up against a wrought iron fence and screams, not in my town! True story, I'm not kidding. So and then two beat cops run up. <laughs> And they said apparently that they had gotten like a report. Uh-huh. They saw the guy. So when he went up to me and tried shaking me down. But my attitude in Chicago has always been like, you know, maybe it's from being depressed in that city. You can't shake me down. I'm just like, yo, it's Chicago. The high school fights that were near my neighborhood ended with gunshots. You come up to me and tell me you want money. And I'm like, this is not the worst thing I've ever run from. Mm-hmm. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But, uh, um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get into the, the, the Fed overreaching all that stuff because, um, we, we briefly mentioned James O'Keefe. Guys, 
I got a conspiracy theory for you. Oh, yes. You ready for a conspiracy I, I theory? Love conspiracy. Yeah. Yes. I think you will agree with me on the plausibility of this conspiracy a- theory. Alex is a fed. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> that right James O'Keefe off. was investigating the FBI, so they oh. raided him to try and seize the evidence. Let me lay out my case. Oh, this the is new, a no-brainer. The F- yeah. Right. The FBI raids James O'Keefe and Project Veritas and uh, James his, his, uh, himself and his home and his journalists. They claim it's over some diary that he turned over to the law enforcement a long time ago. So this is what are they searching for? A diary he gave away already? OK. Within an hour or so of the raid, the New York Times calls for comment on some of these journalists, meaning someone tipped off the New York Times. Information, electronic devices were seized from James O'Keefe. Privileged legal communications were then leaked to the New York Times. It is widely believed the FBI were leaking privileged communications to the New York Times. The New York Times stated that in those communications, James O'Keefe was discussing with his lawyer the extent to which they could undercover record federal law enforcement. On October 20th, I believe it was, an FBI whistleblower sent documents to the Republicans outlining how Merrick Garland was using counter-terror tactics against parents. Right. The FBI must have found out, and this is my theory, my hypothesis, that they had a leaker within the, within the bureau and that James O'Keefe, I believe they knew someone was communicating with him, but they didn't know what Who? he was yeah, given. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they said, we can't let him release this. So they raided him under false pretext, seized his communications. Activists within the bureau said, give it to the New York Times and destroy them. That's my theory. I would even add that they probably were the ones that gave him the diary in the first place since this diary was going around. And they didn't expect... A honey trap. Yeah, they didn't expect them to give it to, to law enforcement, which Project Veritas did. They didn't run with the story. And uh, I just think they were extremely desperate. I, this isn't even a conspiracy theory at this point, I don't think. This all makes perfect sense to me. Like the fact that this got leaked when it did, the fact that they raided his house, the fact that he didn't even have the diary, but they assumed he would... Because because I guess that's what they would have done if they'd been in his position. This is not a conspiracy theory to me. This just sounds to me like what happened. Oct- and October. So I don't know when the leak happened. So this is a correction. Mm. Fox News reports an October 20th internal email from the FBI's criminal and counterterror divisions released Tuesday by House Republicans instructed agents to apply the threat tag edu officials to all investigations and assessments of threats directed specifically at education officials. Could it be? And this is we'll, we'll issue an update and correction. It wasn't that the FBI whistleblower sent the information on the 20th. What if this FBI whistleblower went to Veritas first? Following the raid by the FBI earlier this month, the whistleblower then brought it to the Republicans. Interesting. I think the FBI went after James O'Keefe because they were scared that O'Keefe had information on them. And I will stress, the New York Times said in the legal communications that Veritas was asking about the extent to which they could secretly record FBI agents. Yeah, I, I think this is this is legit, dude. I mean, it's still conspiracy theory. I got I got to say because there's no no evidence, or well, there's some. I guess you could call it evidence, but there's no proof in any way. So we're still theorizing. But I mean, James geez, knows that's what the FBI does. James would know. You, didn't they? They in 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 James might know when they didn't they set up uh, the whole what was it the Michigan governor? Yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, thing? yeah. The FBI right. plainly like I don't know if they admitted to it or what, but they were like forced causing that to happen. You have. And before social media, if this was 20 years ago, all of this would sound ridiculous and crazy. Well, now there's enough evidence in a paper trail that people are like, all right, this is plausible. Well, 20 years ago, we had the FBI scandal with the 1993 World Trade Center uh, bombing, which also put them in a very questionable situation. So when you look at the history of the FBI, Colotel Probe, uh, and, and all the other things that they have done, there's a long history of doing things that were absolutely illegal 
in the name of fighting the law. Right. So this is nothing new. What what the FBI has been up to throughout their entire existence, anyway. There's a scary and and uh, uh, nightmarish reality. You know, it's like uh, it's like we were in the Matrix the whole time. You know, you're talking about how 20 years ago we went to figure this out, but the internet basically, for lack of a better term, red pilled everybody. Yes. Man. And now they're all watching it happen from the outside like, oh, dear Lord, this is horrifying. Yeah. It, yeah. I feel like the humanity has been under the boot since the beginning. And then the founding fathers were like, yo, the, the war, they didn't actually, well, Washington fought. But that sacrifice to kind of get us out from under the boot. But at what point did they put they the They all boot? sacrificed. They all did. The, uh, each and every ben one Franklin's of them. Ben Franklin's son all joined them. the British. Oh, of course all, they sacrificed. Yeah. They, 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 they staked their, what did they say, their their blood, their treasure, and their sacred honor or whatever. Yes. Yeah. There was a, one founding father's wife was taken prisoner mm-hmm. to be used in a prisoner exchange. A good majority of their homes were under British occupation. And shout out to all the think, founding mothers, man. Just think about yeah. this. Especially found, Betsy. The, the signers of the Declaration of, in, of Independence who, who sat down and could have just went, guys, it's a tax, it sucks, but I want to make sure my kids have food, so I'm not going to war. And I will, I will throw it to Mel Gibson in one of the best movies ever, The Patriot, where he says, "Is that the one where he's with the beaver? The beaver? Oh, no. The, the, no. the Patriot okay. is okay. a. It's a long Sorry. movie about him getting revenge for the British soldiers killing his oh, kid. Okay. Amazing movie. And he's in South Carolina. He's in Char- I think Charleston. And he says, "If you're asking me if I think taxation without representation is wrong, I agree with you. But if you are asking me to go to war with England, I say no." And then the British go to his house, seeking uh, um, um, re- rebel soldiers. He's tending aid to all of them. And his son was a writer for the for the American revolutionaries. So he's like, who is this man? Who are these orders? And then Mel Gibson's one of his kids got a bunch of kids runs to try and save the older brothers being arrested. And the the, the, the British uh, officer shoots and kills him. Right. Mel Gibson then uses his like his uh, American frontier war co- training and goes on like a, a one man, not a one man. He has like a group of militiamen and he goes and starts raiding uh, the British. But anyway, I digress. That 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 was an excellent scene. Where you see a guy who doesn't want to fight, he doesn't want to go to war, then I think back to the founding fathers and what really happened. They all said from young ages of like, what, 26 to like like 50s or whatever, I will say to the king, I declare war on you. And you know what's funny? You know what's really funny? And I say funny and not not in the haha way. They knew, they believed we'd lose. The founding fathers thought war with Britain would never play off and they would lose. But the French intervention saved us. So these were guys who were like, I am so pissed off at them quartering in our homes, taking our belongings, telling us we can't defend ourselves, that I am willing to say I will fight you and lose, even if it means my children. And And at the time, England had the biggest military in the world. They were the biggest might. They were the biggest power. And uh, that movie, along with Braveheart, tells a very similar story, (laughs) uh, absolutely has your blood pumping and motivates you and uh, really shows you the larger consequences of what is routine in human history. And it's not an exception to the rule. It is the rule. And the other thing that they're not taught in, in a high school civics class is how what a huge percentage of the American population were loyalists. That's right. That they wanted yeah. nothing to do with this nonsense. We're loyal British subjects. Shut the F up, George Washington. Leave us alone. You're making, we're not revolutionaries. This is crazy. Yeah. So victory is never a function of persuading the majority. They're always going to follow the leaders. So I've read, I've tried to do a lot of, I've done a, a decent amount of research, not a historian, probably people know better than me, on the percentages oh. of. 
So yeah, I've looked into it. There's a famous uh, um, misconception where I think it was Ben Franklin. Someone said a third are loyalists, a third are, uh, uh, you know, want independence and a third want to be left alone. But that's not actual numbers. So I looked, I looked it up and the best assessment I could find is that the plurality uh, wanted nothing to do with anyone. The plurality said, shut up and leave me alone yeah. and go away. The next largest group was in like the 30 percentile, which said we want independence. And then in the tw- high 20th you know, percentages were people saying long live the king. Yeah, All that mattered was those who actually cared. The, so the people who were uninitiated said leave me alone, abstained. The, the revolution won the vote, basically. And the other question about this is really interesting. When it came to voting on whether to declare independence, a lot of colonists were, they were British. They, they all considered themselves British. Yeah. They said, w- by what authority do you declare independence in the name of our state? Yeah. They right. said, who elected you to go there and say you're a representative of a free state of Virginia? Mm-hmm. They just did this. They were like ad hoc pop-ups of people being like, we hereby, we hereby declare. And then they sent the letter to the king and the king was like, but people need to understand is the revolution was over 20 years. The regulars, the British regulars were coming here and getting into conflicts and doing right control and getting shot at and shooting back for, for decades. So it wasn't just one day they said, we hereby declare independence. Here's a letter. And then the king said, send in the troops. The troops were there. They were fighting. And then within, I think it was like 1865 is when sentiment started rising and we started seeing conflicts. 1865. And then 1776 is when they're like, we are now asserting our independence outright. Over 20 years, Mm. this process took place. And then it was, what, another decade or so before the Bill of Rights? Right. So but, it was a long But it's time. also funny when it's like the king gets the declaration. He's like, that's it. I'm sending the troops. Like one month later. He got away from it across the yeah. Atlantic. No, no, but check this out. I talk about this quite a bit. They all gather. Uh, so, so all these founding fathers are sending letters to each other. And it takes a few weeks for the right. letter to arrive in Virginia and then to go back. So the communication around independence is taking years. They have their their Continental Congress. They have their meetings and they say, "Okay, we're going to send a letter to the king with our list of demands because they sent demand letters first, several. How long did it take to get back to the the king? Three months by sale. Then the king responds three months later. So six months for one question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One question. And then a year goes by. And then I'm I'm like, I'm thinking I've talked about how funny it is. You know, know, he's like uh, Thomas Jefferson says, we hereby declare independence. Ha ha. Uh, fold it up, hand it to the guy. He gets on his horse. He rides <laughs> to the boat. Everyone goes back to work. They go farm and they forget all about it. And then a year later, a boat arrives and they're like, look, big British vessels are coming and they're angry with us yeah. for some reason. Oh, like, yeah, that letter. <laughs> God damn it, Hancock. It's like, it's like, no, no, Thomas Jefferson is like, he's like, w- w- did I send a letter last night? Like, I was drunk. We were all drunk. <laughs> I was with Sally in the barn. Day to that the regulars out. show up. They're bombarding the coast and they're like, remember that night a year ago when we all got drunk and we're like, I, I think we should be <laughs> in the Brandon. You're, you're, I'm going to write a letter. Yeah, you write a letter to the king. You tell him. And they all sign it and they're like, cheers. Ah. I can't even read your signature. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you actually mailed it? That was supposed oh, to be a joke. I thought you burned it. We were just letting off steam. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, You're supposed to not send it. You write the letter, but don't send it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a therapy, therapy session. I'm just imagining the king, like, three months later, gets the Declaration of Independence. And he's like, they've they've already been acting as an independent country for three months. You yeah. know? So then he's like, okay, I guess, you know, go quell the revolution. And then he's like, what a coincidence this would be dated the same day as Independence Day. Mm, that's yeah, right. That's so strange. That was the weirdest yeah. part. Yeah, that was the weirdest part. part yeah. You know, um, my understanding is that Independence Day was July 2nd. 
Right. Nice. Yeah. Why did we choose? The I park? don't remember. There's like this this like trivia thing they say. Did Three you know the, the signing was the second? But it wasn't until like they. Oh, they, didn't they, they have to wait for a couple signers or something? I don't I remember. Don't I think it was like they mailed it out. Uh, you know, on the fourth or whatever or something like that. So. I don't know if that's true, but I, I remember reading that there was a quote from like John Adams where it's like, July 2nd will be the day that America declared independence and so, it's July 4th. So if we have the boot on the neck now, kind of riding the metaphor, is it like the global banking system? And we're like, we will use Bitcoin and all crypto. And that's our way of saying we don't respect your authority, King George. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Crypto, the, the, not using fiat money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people need to realize that as much as we can talk about the founding fathers saying like, hurrah, and then taking up arms, we're not in that era anymore. You know, first of all, we're, we're joking about the time gap between sending a message. Now you can literally be like, yo, we declare independence, MF or haha. And like, they'll get anything's it triggered. It all happens. And Everything's ready to go. Like EMF your phone. And yeah, yeah. Everything but, but starts to trigger. And- fifth generational warfare is the most important point. The lib- liberty minded individuals, the, whatever you want to call this group, have been winning because we've been very persuasive and peaceful. When Black Lives Matter rioted, Black Lives Matter lost tons of support among yeah. the politically uninitiated. When we, when we start winning hearts and minds and change the culture, that's how we actually win. And you don't win by freaking people out with violence. Violence is wrong. So what did, what effect did January 6th have on people? Not the media. It empowered the the federal government to create a national capital police force and torture people. Right. And you get 80 million people going like, oh no, an insurrection. And these politically uninitiated buy into it. So I often tell people, there's this, there's a funny episode of Frasier I saw a long time ago. I I don't watch Frasier, but it was when I was a kid where something happens where, um, Frazier is, 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 is sitting down for coffee. He gets up. Someone takes his seat. He gets angry and says, this is my seat. I was sitting here. And the guy says, shove off. Frazier having a bad day, grabs him and throws him oh. out of the seat. Whoa. Yeah, very angry. <laughs> so the guy comes back one day with like a neck brace. And he's like, I'm suing you because you accosted me. And then Frazier's like, oh, no, it's a big lawsuit. At the end of the episode, he's at the cafe trying to apologize to the guy. I, I'm, I could be getting the show wrong, but the gist of it is here. He's trying to apologize to the guy saying, look, I shouldn't have done that to you. I'm really, really sorry. Please drop the suit. And the guy says no. And then Niles, Frazier's brother, gets up in between and says, you listen here, you cretin. You don't do that, you know, to my brother, you imbecile. And so the guy says, no, 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 you listen to me. And then pokes his chest lightly. And then Niles goes, whoa, whoa, and falls (laughs) over and slams into a table full of like silverware. And he goes, countersuit countersuit Perfect. and then the guy drops his lawsuit the the point of that story is niles goes to federal prison we're, uh, oh, no no, just, no the guy attacked him he was like i didn't do anything yeah. and they're like we you all saw him. you touch him yeah. you pushed him so when you look at uh, what's going on with antifa violence we might be upset that the feds aren't charging these people but rest assured regular americans saw all of that and one by one they started figuring out what was going on now the media narrative was strong and a lot of people didn't realize the truth about the Rittenhouse case. But now we're seeing the Young Turks. We're seeing Chris Hayes. We're seeing Chris Hayes, too. Chris Hayes said in all likelihood, he said, I've been looking at the case and, and uh, it looks like an acquittal in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, wait, this, just because he's predicting acquittal doesn't mean he thinks I'm, the guy's not guilty. No, no, no. I'm not saying he said Rittenhouse is not guilty. I'm saying his attitude is now he's going to get acquitted versus... He's this, you know, like he's put like it's a lightning on the narrative. Got it. Okay. Anna Kasparian said I was wrong about mm-hmm. what happened. OK. Progressives are tweeting. I didn't realize what had actually happened. So the more we are persuasive, the more we're correct. And the more that the corporate press is uh, dishonest, yes. because if there's a big asymmetry, I make this point all the time. If I tell you, uh, Tim, my friend, like 10 truths and one lie, those are not equal weight. 
Especially if the lie is this egregious when there's this kid on trial who's 17 years old who's crying and then you're laughing at his PTSD. That's mm-hmm. right. So I think there are a lot of – I think most people want safety, security, peace. They want to live their lives. They want to pursue their goals. And they're not really interested in politics. And so when they see the mainstream media, the corporate press, say X, Y, and Z, they say, yeah, 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 X, Y, and Z. I get it. But then one day, X, Y, and Z don't equal one, two, and three, and they start getting confused. Yes. And it keeps piling on and piling on and piling on. But when you get a January 6, that reinforces the, the, the narrative from the corporate press, from the cathedral, and the establishment. So we need to make sure if we tell, if we, if we are saying 10 things and we are all honest individuals trying our hardest, but we get one wrong, people will say, oh, they, they talk, they, they made some bad predictions, but the stuff they said I, I found out to be true. The media is an inversion of this. Yes. They say 10 things and nine things are wrong and people finally get fed up and say, this is BS, they're lying to me. And then they say, I come to you for a solution. Yeah. So we were talking about how you would weight something like a moral weight, whether someone does something bad. And one, and Luke brought up Henry Kissinger. And I was going to say one of the things that we should take into account is whether or not this is a pattern. And I would say that this is the same case with the media. If they're making a pattern of lying to us egregiously about everything all the time, then they decide maybe they might throw in a truth every now and then. Yes. We can say, you are full of nonsense. So what, what ends up happening? Those uninitiated individuals who aren't paying attention are starting to ask questions about why their gas is so high. Yeah. Why they can't buy turkeys because the price of turkey is double. And why are you telling me this is a good thing? Right. right? <laughs> oh, this is a rich people problem. Oh, yeah. And then what happens? A truck driver in New Jersey wins his election yeah. mm-hmm. against the incumbent Democrat after only spending 153 bucks. Because we're getting to the point where people will elect a ham sandwich over an establishment. This also happened with Dave Ball when he took out Eric Cantor, the House Majority Leader at the time, that no one saw coming. Mm. When was that? When was that? That was uh, when was that? That was uh, during the Obama administration. I'm sure someone can look it up. Cantor, yeah. I got to I got to sneak out, guys. I got a birthday dinner with happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, man. Thank you, happy birthday. Thanks for coming by. How old are you? Is that public knowledge? Forty four. Congratulations. We got we got you a cake. You got to take the birthday cake with you. One hundred percent. Can we take the cake? Can we show the cake? Please do. I don't have it here. It says at least you. Tried. You don't have oh it. no! <laughs> no no no! We, I fridge. bought I bought the cake. Enjoy your it's retirement. It, uh, yeah yeah! Enjoy I bought the cake. Retirement. It should be in the in the <laughs> yeah. refrigerator. Yeah, we can yeah. show it. I'm gonna have to grab it. You got any so plans for the next super uh, chats? Next well, 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 but you know, just you put the camera on Mike. It's his birthday. Yeah, grab the cake sure. and walk it right over to Aww. him. It's a nice cake. This is Mike Cernovich. Shout it's out to birthday. Luke Rukowski for thinking of the cake. The very thoughtful. Thank you, Luke. Well, Luke's a very thoughtful guy. Well, yeah. th- well, thank you for coming and being a part of the show. Well, and uh, I bet you probably have a lot of lessons you've learned throughout the years. You've been very prolific on Twitter. Look at this. Uh, so, what kind of cake? Lovely. What kind of cake? Well, we got. We, we, careful, we, careful. we can light it too. Careful, I don't know careful. if anyone has a lighter. That looks really good, though. Yeah. I don't have one on me. Oh, that's cool. Just hand it to him. Take it. Pick it up. Hold it up. Show the camera. <laughs> you got them all. Oh, we could have lit it. That would have been fun. I That's still, have, nice I still have good lungs. Yeah, it was a good time, bro. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, what man. Kind of happy birthday. Go get. They're at a beer garden, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been to one of those in years. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump over to super chats. You can slip and, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, perfect. So feel free to slip out. Thanks, you are guys. not a prisoner. And, uh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Thank take. You. uh, uh I'm sure there's a lot of people who are eager to get questions in for you, but if you got a bounce, if there's a couple for me, I'll hit them real quick and then hit, yeah, yeah. hit, Do we hit have it and forget for it. Yeah. Let's do it. Maybe, but I gotta find them. That's oh, the challenge. That's always through. the challenge. Can you control Let F. Me. Cernovich? Yeah. No, I doubt. I don't know. Or Mike. Uh, or Mike. So, All right. Yeah. We'll hit him next time. Thanks, guys, everybody. Thanks so much, man. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for okay. coming. Bounce out. I probably can't find them fast enough for you, but, yeah. you know, just do, do your thing and, uh, you know, we'll do our thing. And Feel the love psychically. Why is no one talking about Jelaine Maxwell? Maxwell I mean, case. that's a uh-huh, great point. Yeah, that's yeah, it. no, I know, that's I know. That should amazing. be talked about as much it's as amazing. the Rittenhouse yeah. case, or more, or more, absolutely yeah. more. Yeah. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. All right, man. Thanks yeah, for coming. Yeah. All right, we'll just we'll just start with the super chats like normal. Yeah. And uh, we'll just we'll just carry oh, on through the night with Mr. Michael Malice. Yes. We only have one Michael now. No, oh, only sorry. now we can say Mike again instead of uh, uh, last name Cernovich and Malice. All right, see, so we got here. Oh, we didn't even talk about the locals thing. Yeah, we should go into this. We'll do that in this bonus episode. Talk, talk about, about locals. I brought up. Um, why don't we talk? Why don't Why don't we just? I brought up like a couple weeks ago that let's talk about it. Basically, the Dave Rubin sold you out and all the locals people by. This is a deep. There's a couple tiers to this. Um, that he basically got a bunch of people like, "Hey, come join my new Patreon. I'm going to do it right. You can trust me. No one's going to ban you because I have the keys." All these people signed up, and then he was like, and then he sold it to another company. Now they have the keys. He doesn't have the keys anymore. So he kind of misled people. That was when I said he. That's my whole thing about it. He kind of sold you out. So, uh, but, so I have right. a lot to say about this. Real, real sorry, real quick. The context is. Dave Rubin started Locals, a subscription platform. He recently sold it to Rumble. I don't know the full details on what he got for he it. He got but stock in Rumble, according to his announcement video. So okay. I I hate when people online are like, explain yourself or how are you friends with this person. I always usually block them or ignore them. Mm. It's different when someone is friends with me and I know them and, and so on and so forth. So because it's you guys and we're all friends, I've hung out with Lydia one-on-one, I hung out with Tim one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, Luke and I are basically cousins because of our views and our backgrounds. And Ian, <laughs> you and I have never hung out one-on-one. We've had pretty intense conversations. So I'm perfectly receptive to something like that happening. Here's the story with why I'm at Locals, why I'm happy to be at Locals. Uh, I was on Patreon, and I was unhappy with Patreon for a couple of reasons. One is... The bonus thing I had was like a Facebook Michael Malice group, but then I'm at the risk of getting zucked at any minute, right? Number one. That happened to Dave Smith, who some of you guys know. This really? Very failed comedian. They zucked his... Uh, very failed comedian. <laughs> <laughs> they, they zucked his uh, Facebook group for his oh, fans. Wow. They just vanished wow. overnight. So that was an issue I had with Patreon. And number two is I didn't like how Patreon also vanishes people overnight. And I did it to Lauren Southern, some other people. Carl Benjamin. Carl, yeah, yes. Sargon. One night you're going to wake up and your revenue's gone. Ruben calls me up. I was the second person he called after Bridget Fetessy. And I also think it's important if I'm taking money from people or if anyone is to be transparent about it. Absolutely. So this was the advantages I had with locals. One is if I had an issue, I knew I could talk to Dave right away, right? Me and him have a close relationship. I'm not just going to wake up and it's going to be deleted. Two, he was going to promote it. So that's going to encourage people to support me. And three, I own the content there. Now, I, it's kind of a community. I don't post that much on there. There's some exclusive content. The primary thing is it's like I use it like a Patreon. And also it's not beholden to Facebook. Right. So when he sold this to Rumble, none of my data went anywhere. It's still my data and always has been my data that I could take with me. So the same thing is true for Patreon. Uh, well, I, I th- fine, but the point is, th- the, there's no upside for me of being Patreon, That's being true. on Patreon, and these are some very specific upsides that I could have for being on locals. So I don't see what the issue is. You just think oh, it's I'll, like I'll, the, the least worst subscription based service right now? Yeah, and I had some big benefits I'll, from doing it. I'll explain my, my perspective on this and why I'm not a fan. Uh, and I think the easiest way to explain it to people is that I actually am rather economically left libertarian. Okay. When Patreon, as a massive Silicon Valley, you know, VC funded enterprise emerges and starts uh, coordinating and colluding to destroy people's careers, and they did because we saw that after Patreon banned certain individuals, they started going after any competitor. Subscribestar was a good example. They had their access to online financial services terminated from a couple companies. And uh, people pointed out, I don't, I'll I'll say in my opinion, because I want to be careful on on the legal issue, following the exodus from Patreon, all of a sudden these rival companies started losing their access to online financial services. And it was very, very obvious what was going on. I think it, it is, it is great that a rival service emerges. Yeah. Like locals. 
But my my belief is that if we are to succeed in terms of freedom, liberty into the future, we must empower individuals to have access to this to this technology at their own fingertips. Immediately, my response was, I'm going to start a nonprofit that creates a decentralized open source Patreon that anyone can have for free to install on their own server or a server where they pay for it. So instead of going to someone else, instead of giving away a percentage of their income and being beholden to someone else's political whims, they can say, it's my server. I upload, I press enter on the software, instantly networked with all of the other sites that use this, have their own privately controlled uh, uh, subscription service and give money percentages to no one. It was a nonprofit solution where I said, I don't want to make money off the fact that people are being oppressed by massive manipulative sure. monopolies. And I think that's terrific. And, and what Dave Rubin's solution was is, and it's also equally valid, was I'm going to create a service to, to offer up to people a safer position with their subscription platform. And for this, I will get a premium. What I, what, the reason I disagree with that and don't like it is that Dave Rubin then has the ability to sell those promises to someone else off of the names he's collected, and he has. Rumble, I also think is fantastic, and we use Rumble, fans. But what happens in 10, 20 years? Has this actually solved the problem? No. So what it says to me is that we had this great crisis moment, and instead of solving the problem, individuals of merit said, we will just recreate the same problem and profit off of it. That's fine, because I believe in free market and all this stuff, but I actually think the solution to this will be to create a perpetual open source community-based free networking software to give to everybody. I agree that that is the solution, but I'm also saying that if there is a problem and there's something that mitigates the worst aspects of the problem, that is clearly a concrete improvement. We agree. Improvement. Yeah. I completely agree. We completely yeah, I'm agree. actually all about people creating proprietary tech and selling yeah. it, but the reason I went after Dave so hard is because he's very vocal about big tech and the problems and kind of mm. beating big tech and... What he did, whether he realizes or not, is he built big tech. He built proprietary social networking and sold it to another proprietary social network, which can now sell to Microsoft for $6 billion and oh, own it okay. all. I did not know that. So look, look. I think that we need competition. I think that Silicon Valley's monopoly is horrifying. Sure. I think that Rumble buying locals is massively beneficial towards freedom, liberty, because it creates competition and then puts these other companies on notice. Rivals are emerging, they're powerful, and they're taking away large portions of your market right. share. It's really, really good. The end result, I believe, however, is, you know, I know the guys at Rumble, and how long will it be until an investor, because there are very big investors involved in this, who say, what's my exit? And they say, sure. uh, well, I mean, look, Google, Alphabet's really excited about what we're doing, and they want to buy up competition, so they're offering us half a billion. Boom. And then what happens, th- you know, a year or two later, they roll out new updates. They roll sure. out. Com- so it's 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 like a, it's like a stopgap. I think it's still uh, a net positive across the board, but it's just for me, my personal worldview is we sh- we should be working towards decentralized solutions. That being said, it's a net positive what locals is doing, what Rumble is doing, and I think nothing is stopping us from doing what we're doing. So in the end, yeah. everyone's just doing well. And I'm just gonna say one more thing. You you know you said he sold me out. He's that site's give me peace of mind because people contribute five bucks a month. And I don't have to worry about being homeless, and I don't have to worry about being canceled. Because if my Twitter goes away, if my YouTube goes away, I know I can make rent. And that is really a big deal for someone who's unemployable and doesn't have a job, that I can sleep at night not worried about, am I going to wake up tomorrow? Is my life going to be ruined? So why? my question for you is, why didn't you just spend the three hours to install WordPress with the free membership pl- plugin? What? I don't even know what you're talking about. That's, that's the yeah. issue I take here. You could have, in a matter of hours, bought— You a- can join my locals for free. You just have to pay money to post. That's it. It's free. 
pay money to post? Yes. And what is your locals, by the way? By, like, po- what do you mean? Ma- it's mouse.locals.com. But my point is, anyone can join the community for free. You oh. do not have to pay to join. If you want to be a supporter, I have some hidden posts. And if you want to comment. Right. But that's it. But it's free. Right, 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 right. So what I'm saying is, you have free content and then member content. Right. So for $70, you can buy a WordPress. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, it's a pre-made WordPress site. Like a, a template, okay, and then I, how much does the, 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 the you can get like a membership plugin for a couple hundred bucks, and then the website is basically done, and people can do the exact same thing, and you never pay a cent of percentage to anyone else ever again. Because this is the first I'm hearing yeah. of this. Because I'm a fucking this boomer, is, and this is my this <laughs> yeah. is my issue. Sorry, my issue is I feel like. People got worried they were going to have their lives destroyed by Patreon, and along comes the person saying, give me 10% of all of your money, and I'll make it all go away, when he could have said, Michael, why, why I will... Why are you yelling? Because I, 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 I am... I am I'm, not, 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 I'm not yelling I at you. I know you're not yelling at me, but yeah. Because it, I tell people this all the time. You give me one day, and I will give you your own, subscri- your own Patreon, your own subscription platform, and you will never have to give away your revenue to anyone else. But they go around and collect those who are scared. They say, I see a crisis. People are scared. Their livelihoods will be destroyed. Lauren Southern, Carl Benjamin. It is time for me to go to them and assuage their fears by telling them, if you give me 10% of all the revenue you make in perpetuity, and it is in perpetuity, then I will make that go away. And when they called me and asked me that, I said, I've run tech companies before. I've built apps before. In one hour, I can make my own site. And they said, no, you don't understand how hard it is, Tim. You're wrong. You're wrong about this. Trust me and give me 10% of all your revenue. And so I got a dev through Luke, a good friend. And for a couple grand, we built our initial site and we pay no one anything. And the the, the amount of growth we've had, 10% would be would be ripping money from our pockets by exploiting our fears and ignorance. I, I, I look, I'm lefty on these issues. I am not the kind of person who says, buyer beware, caveat emptor. I don't believe in that. I believe that, that c- convincing someone to hand over a portion, 10% of their business, and it only costs me a couple hundred bucks to operate their infrastructure is wrong. But you know what? It is free enterprise, and I can respect entrepreneurial behavior, and if people make those choices, it is individual choice. I feel like I am actively combating things like that, trying to convince the good people like Michael Malice, we can make you powerful and we can make sure that money stays in your pocket because I don't want your money. I don't want to be in charge of you. I don't, I don't want control over your revenue. I want to help you. I want you to be bigger. And I want you to have all the money in the world that you earn. Yeah. And then I watch these people come up and say, are you scared? They're going to ban you. If you give me a cut of your, your money, don't worry. We won't. And yet still... Locals then sells to Rumble, and Rumble could sell. Now Dave Rubin made you those promises, but he doesn't have control over whether or not you get banned. And I assure you, locals will ban certain people who sign up, and we all know it. So what effectively happens is you have built up your subscriber base on someone else's platform once again, just like Patreon. And if you leave, it will be very difficult for you to, to, to inform all of those fans where to go. They're getting a cut of your money, and it is it is a massive amount I, I know that I know the costs. I know the expenses. We host members only content and it is expensive because we have a lot of members. But if you were to host everything you were doing on your own website with your own couple hundred bucks members plugin, you would be paying 99% less than you'd be paying now. Yeah. And guess what? They knew it when they sold you it. Now that's, that's, that's free market. And if you're on the right and you're an, a libertarian and cap type, you probably are fine with it. That's where I differ. And I believe. 
I would rather decentralize and give away the tech and the power for free. Well, the tech has been out there for over 10 years. So I had my own website. I called it a members lounge, subscribers lounge. I call it LukeUncensored.com right now. It's been around for a very long time. And instead of giving 10%, instead of giving your audience, because also people who follow you are going to go on that website and they're going to stay and they're going to sign up to other people's, uh, you know, different kind of locals and groups. You could keep your own in-house group directly to you because and, and with an you, email you, list you, and yeah, everything, you keep never a lose. larger portion of your audience. And what you pay for is payment processing and hosting, which, if you do it intelligently, is one to two percent compared to ten percent. And and real quick, Odyssey has um, oh, I got a link by stuff to there. I keep forgetting. but but I believe they it's have be, because yeah, 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 yeah. because look, there's Library. video there's video hosting services that are decentralized, torrent based, and the costs for them are are minuscule. And you can get a membership. Uh, uh, you, you can get member locked videos on some of these platforms. I, I'm not sure if Odyssey does it open to the public, but I believe it's a business thing they they, they do, and it's we'll call it effectively free. Yeah. So I'll just put it this way: when pay, when when Carl Benjamin is a good friend of mine, he helped when I when I was starting my YouTube. He said, "Tim, will you do a, a video for my channel? You know, talking about something." And this was a huge opportunity for me. He had hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I had none, and then I broke a hundred k with his support because they were people who saw my work and believed in me. And when I saw him get banned from Patreon over BS issues, I was personally offended. They lied, they cheated, and I spoke with the CEO of Patreon, and he assured me all of the exact same things that Dave Rubin said as well. I It was to the T. I'm on the phone with this guy in Vegas, and he's like, listen, 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 man. I don't want to ban anybody. We're here to support free speech. But here's the issue. When the processors come to us and say, you ban one person or you ban them all, we didn't do this. We didn't trust us. We're here to protect you guys. We respect the creators, and we assure you we're going to let you go. And then um, I think it was Lauren Southern first. I think it was after Lauren Southern had this conversation. And then it was he said, we'll never do this again without giving notice. I can't remember which one was first. But then Carl Benjamin got banned. I think he was second. There was a mass exodus. And then I'm like, like some of these people are my friends whose lives are being destroyed. And this guy lied to my face. Yeah. He, well, to my, to my ear yeah, 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 over the phone. You, yeah. And then Dave Rubin starts a business, and with all the good intentions, again, I think it's a net positive, and it's the same narrative. And now he's got you, your members are locked on his platform, and he sold it. The promises he made to you no longer matter because you don't know who's in control of the investments into Rumble, which means tomorrow night you could be banned and you could lose everything. More importantly, 10% of your revenue or whatever percentage they take is substantially higher than if you just took a day to do it yourself. And that's what Ian and I are, are dead set on. Ian's been running the On Foundation stuff much more than I have, but there is a team of people doing this for free. People who used to work for big software development firms who are excited to produce a decentralized networked software. So when you install this on your server, all of a sudden you're connected to all of the websites like a big social media platform. No one can access your data because it's on your server. No one can yep. ban you because it's your server. No one can take a cut of your revenue because it's going to your financial accounts. Yep. That's what we're working towards. Yeah, and that's the On Foundation. It's a it's yeah. a 501c3 charity. After January 1st, you're going to be able to donate um, tax deductible. It's going to be legit. Then we're going to be able to start paying developers and kick this into overdrive and make a metaverse yeah. that is free software so that you can watch the algorithms and see what they're doing. And, and it's not going to be spying on you, the technology, and it's going to be yeah. awesome. All the people who sign up for this, I don't want one red cent from any of you. I want people to have the right to free speech to be safe in their careers and things they build. And after you build up your site and through your hard work and dedication and merit, you end up with 100,000 paying members. Zero will ever go to any of us who built it. It will all be yours. Yep. Now, 
if you're an ANCAP, you're a capitalist, you're, you know, whatever, and you believe that if you create it, you deserve a cut, I do not disagree with you. We can both coexist. No one's stopping me from doing what I'm doing. But I tell you this, my goal is to put all of those companies out of business. Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. I hope that our software ends them. Yeah. And it was Lauren that got hit first. And I guess what we're trying to say here in a short, concise way is decentralize and build your infrastructure. That's it. Yeah, and you need the code to be free. That's the problem with Rumble's private code because it can spy on you and like sell your data and 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 but you don't know because you can't see that the code is instructed to do it. It's not just I'll, I'll put it simply. If you trust Dave, you could call him on the phone. Yeah. You're in good position. That's great. But Dave's not your guy anymore. He sold the company. So I don't know who you call now. I'm I like sh- I like I'm sure, sure it still would be Dave. I I I'm, I'm sure he's he's, he's involved. Not, yeah, completely gone. But but selling the company yeah, he's still means on contract that with with Rumble. But so, so who's on the on board? Locals. Who's on the board? What happens when Mastercard calls up uh, Rumble and says, "Look, we got this guy who's made some very I offensive think that's jokes what and happened. Want him gone." That's what happened with Patreon. Is when the Swift payment system came in right. and they were like, "We're going to shut it all down if you don't get rid of person yeah, A, yeah, B, yeah, yeah, and yeah. C." That's right. That's right. Nope. And so what happens then when uh, a financial service goes to a subscription service and says, "If you don't ban this one person, we will shut down your network. They go, oh no, oh heavens, what do we do? We have no choice. What happens when it's decentralized? They go to the one person they don't like and they suspend his service and he opens a new account with it with a merchant account from another bank. And it's and it's and it's whack-a-mole, but they can't ban anyone else and they can't put the network at harm because it's decentralized. So with respect, locals fantastic. Oh, Dave uh, Rubin's awesome. Better I than love Dave Rubin. Better than Patreon. You know, Patreon is bad for a lot of reasons. They're 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 in the Silicon Valley VC system. Rumble, I believe, is uh, as well. Yeah, isn't Peter Thiel an investor in Rumble? Yes. Yeah. yeah, isn't he an investor in Facebook as well? I'm not sure. Now, I'm not saying yeah. I, I got beef with Peter Thiel. He's actually done some things I agree with. But that being said, it's the same people who are owning the same projects and who have the same control. And now that control has been relinquished back to Silicon Valley. So all it's done is tricked you, in my opinion, into staying within their ecosystem, but giving you a false sense of security. Now that the rights have been transferred over, they've, you know, you build your platform up on YouTube. They could ban us at any moment, and all sure. those years of hard work has been just annihilated. So we're very, that, that's why I'm like, we got to do our own TimCast.com, become a member, because that's where we persist in the event they try to shut us down. When we start demoing, I'll, I'll try, we could try it out. And it works already. Work it exists. For your, um it, 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 it exists already, right? Like the, the guys had working versions of it? No, I wouldn't call it working. But it's, alpha? it's like the pre-alpha. But pre-alpha. The, the structure is there. Like you can tell it's a building being built. The scaffolding is in yeah. place. And it is cool. Like you can like be in like a 3D realm. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that, that are that's being... Then you can like paste a, a, a website on a wall in the 3D realm. Like we're really kind of taking this all the way. I'm very passionate about uh, uh, empowering other people to be independent and all that stuff it's like a driving force for me but we went long and we should go to super chats okay. so wait, smash wait. that like button thanks subscribe for up, michael by the to way, the I channel love I, I love my locals it makes me feel happy that there's a community of people who like are friends with each other now locals.malice.com malice.locals.com no for real I'm, i i think right. it's net positive you yeah. took what the but best, I, I, best case scenario yeah. of what exists exactly. that's why we got to build yeah, something yeah. but i look at it like with the patreon thing the locals situation is a plus one and the on foundation is a plus one thousand like once once we get this tech up and running, no one will be censored. Okay. I mean, people will try nice. and ban your bank accounts. They'll try and shut down your servers. They'll go for your hosts. But this is imagine if your account on locals was on your website, no one could ban it. That's just the easiest way to put it. Or like on a Raspberry Pi in your house, 
that's also mirrored on other people's Raspberry Pis in their yeah. houses. L- the little tiny computers you put wherever uh-huh. you want, and then there's no one person who can ban the network. Let's read Super Chats, because okay. we, we went long. Way long. All right, let's see. Riona Taka says, prosecutors knew who Jump Kick Man was and hid it. Yeah, I saw that there was a report there uh, uh, that they, they, they believe they know who the guy is who kicked Kyle Rittenhouse while he was on the ground, and he fired at him. But we'll see, man, because the judge doesn't seem ready to, to take action. When the verdict comes in, the judge might say, we're, we're not doing this. That'll be interesting. All right, let's see. We didn't talk about this. Maybe we'll talk about this in the member segment. OSHA has suspended the vaccine oh, mandate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is because the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal, I believe Circuit Court of Appeals, the appellate court, said unconstitutional. For now, we're putting a stay. But they say they will move forward with it as soon as the litigation passes through. And they said they think they'll win. So the battle has just begun. All right, let's see. Hey, Abbott says, hey, guys, loving the Timcast bonus content. By the way, have you heard Sad Little Man by Five Times August? It's a song he wrote about Fauci, and today it hit number one on the Apple singer-songwriter charts. Oh, Whoa. Wow. How really? I've, have you guys heard of uh, Five Times August? Negative. No. no, but I thought that song was about me. Oh. Uh, which <laughs> that little man. Uh, Five Times August <laughs> has like a bunch of like political, I think it's like acoustic folk stuff. Interesting. I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds, sounds, sounds pretty good. Five Leos, I'm guessing? Five Leos? I don't know. August. All right, let's see. Um, Gerald Armstrong says Michael was also on Cash Cab. That's true. Oh, I saw that. I didn't know I'm that. So glad it I was saw so that. good. It was really when great. It's on YouTube. <laughs> it was my finest hours. You I'm scored. Sure. And Big. I, I messed with Ben Bailey, the driver, as much as I could because I knew they were going to edit it out. And at the end, he yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I got out that cash cab, they give you fake money. They mail you a check later. Yeah. I looked at the camera and said, this is all going up my nose. And, <laughs> and wow. They edit that out though, right? Of course. But I'm like, let me see what I can say because let, let them sweat. Did you just get into a random cab and no, it turned out? No, no. If you look up uh, Thought Cab Log Michael Miles Cash Cab. There's an article. I broke it all down. They interview you pretending to be another show, and they say you're going to meet the producers at this place. Wow. And if you watch my episode, I point to my hand because I'd written on it Cash Cab. Wow! And right when I walk into the cab, yeah. really? Mm. Yes. Whoa! And, and it's not in, just it's, the hat it's, rack. It's in the episode. <laughs> it's in the episode. Yeah. It says Cash Cab on your hand. You point to it. I point to my friend. And I say Cash Cab. Everything's yeah. fake on wow. television. Everything. Everything. So funny. That was brilliant. Yeah. I, I got to check that out. There's a very important super chat from a member. Brony Ninja. <laughs> I love laugh. the You laugh, but let's get serious. <laughs> yes, sir. Late Tuesday night, I had to bury one of my dogs. Oh. Listening to your podcast this morning at work with uh, with only three hours of sleep kept me from falling apart. Aww. Oh, that's really great. I got a, I'm got a dog uh, bite victim. So oh, yeah. I'm that's a survivor. How's recovery? I wanna, it's, it's been traumatic. I want to let all of you guys know an important lesson. Um, it was several years ago that we had to put down my dog that we oh. had since I was like 14. He was a, a Wheaton Terrier Poodle Mix named Barley. And uh, I'm already giving away too much information. And he was a very, very, very intelligent dog. And he got old and he passed away. We had to bring him to the vet because he couldn't stand anymore. He couldn't oh. go to the bathroom. And these things oh. happen. But I will tell you this. When we were there, it was one of the most horrifying experiences I've had. Sitting there seeing, you know, one of my best friends and we have to watch the vet yeah, of course. take it's his last fun. moments. It was extremely painful to watch yes. because he didn't want to die. My of dog, course, yeah. but, but he was, he was already there at the door. Even and your so, dog was mixed race? Jesus, Tim, right. you're really committed to that bit. I am committed. <laughs> I'm very committed. But I will tell you this. In the following days, I would sporadically cry. Of course, yeah. I cried all night for the next several weeks and months. I would randomly just start crying, but yeah, I will yeah. tell you, I am happy 
the feeling of sadness and depression and anger was one of the greatest feelings I ever had because that was all of the happiness and joy that my dog had brought to me just bursting from me at that one moment randomly. And I was crying because I was remembering the love and the happiness. I I was crying because it was gone, but it was a memory of the good and all of those great things. And I would never give up any of it. So in those moments when I would cry, remembering that my dog had passed, I would I would know I would know as I'm crying that it was actually tears of happiness yes. for what I the gift I had given mm-hmm. the gift I, I'd been given. We all life. we all hung out on Saturday, and I told you on Sunday one of the great honors of my life. I went out with my friend Matt to the different kennels to help him pick out a dog, yep. and we picked out a beautiful girl. And Aww. she's very smart. She o- figured out how to open the garbage. She figured out twice how to get out of the kennel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and she just goes into her crate by herself. She's a, a just an adorable yep. beauty. I have her picture on my Instagram. I always had dogs my entire life, and my family always had dogs their entire life. And there's incredible stories of dogs protecting them. There's dogs that saved my grandmother's life. And it, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the relationship that my family and my lineage had with dogs. So there's, I have crazy insane stories with, with just, um, yeah, there's something else to them. There's, and shout there's out another, to, shout out to yeah. Lily, the cutest Frenchie on earth. Aww. Who's that? It's she's, she's in LA. All right. What's All up, right. Lil? All right. Let's get back to the silliness. Joe, the OP says, is the underwear model a new intern, Tim? <laughs> 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 we have an underwear model on the show. Yeah. Works for oh man! You know what we should talk about in the member segment? That tweet I had that triggered the left. The oh my god! Ex- with the with the sex works? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aren't I smart, Michael? Sure. <laughs> Here I am on your show. Uh, so for those, I, I, I'm not going to say the tweet because YouTube would get mad at me. But I had a question about. Oh my god! Yeah, let's discuss this in this. Bonus. I think it's a really. I, I think it's. A, I was a legitimate question. I wasn't. Pl- I wasn't being silly. You're like, being kind of silly. Because of the way I crafted right, the exactly, question. Right, exactly, yeah. But it was basically a question about the, the sex-positive feminist view of sex work. And there's a really, really good question that I, I thought needed to be I, – I was it was a shower thought. I was just like, right. you know, not a literal shower thought. <laughs> but I was just like – they said, you know, sex work is work. And I went, is it? Then can a, an employer make requirements? We'll talk about that in the member segment. Let's read some more Super Chats. All right. John R. says, once an alcoholic – Always an alcoholic. Same with cannibalism. That, we mm. talked about that. Uh, some of the people at Cast Castle. I, I don't know about that because a lot of AA is like you always. Every day you wake up and you tell yourself, "I'm an alcoholic." Like, how does that help you kick? It works for kick them. Liquor? A- no, confrontation. AA is not facing the only, your problems. AA is not the only method, but also the reason what AA says is it's not the caboose that kills you; it's the first car. So by thinking of yourself as an alcoholic, you know you're not in a position to say, well, I can just have one drink now. Exactly. Because you know your pattern is to get blackout yes. drunk. But what's yep. the difference of getting up every morning and being like, I am a danger to society? Like, if you tell yourself that, aren't you just going to become more of a danger to no. society? I tell myself that before I hit the gym. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Like, but you say the fierce determination yeah, 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 yeah. into the mirror. Yeah, yeah. I am a danger. <laughs> Someday I'll have a reflection. Yeah. I think that it's more about the co- <laughs> more about the community of AA and it what is. other. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Than 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 telling yourself what and apparently LSD. If you read Bill W, uh, I think Bill W is the guy that founded AA. He he credits a lot of it kicking alcohol to LSD, but they removed it from the literature. Oh wow! All right, Captain says Adam Baldwin is the best Baldwin. How dare you! So how not, dare you? How dare Adam, you? Adam, I should be in school as the other side of the ocean. Adam Baldwin is an actor Rocks. who's not part of the Baldwin family who's actually, like, based. 
I assumed he was Alex's brother. No, oh, that's good to know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he the yeah. guy from Backdraft? Is that Adam Baldwin? He's the guy uh, from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Full Max Metal Kaiser go to high school with one of the Baldwins? Adam Baldwin's also in The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Oh, I'm oh, pretty I didn't sure. Know that. I'm pretty sure, right? I think you're right. Oh, yeah. I love Can that fact, guy. Yeah, he's cool. you, I'm going to fact check that. I'm Look up your phone, right will you? Yeah, yeah. You I'm pretty Mother sure that's true. He plays he plays the traitor. Okay. Oh. I'm pretty sure he plays the traitor. Yeah. A turncoat. All right, let's see. But I love that movie so much, man. Enigma says, question, isn't calling Reza Aslan a cannibal forever the same argument the left makes about the founders and slavery? Doesn't that viewpoint completely validate them when they say they're nothing but evil? No. The founding fathers, many of them were slave owners. That will always be true. That doesn't mean we throw away all of the good things they fought for. It means we, we denounce the evils of slavery and we, we, we criticize to an extreme degree the horrors that were perpetrated by founding, the founding fathers who were slave owners, which is almost all of them. And then we point out the ideals that they put forth, the seed they planted, helped end slavery, and it led to brilliant people, Frederick Douglass, and so we champion the good while condemning the bad, and we remember both, so we know what not to repeat and what to expand upon. Mm-hmm. And I don't yes. think I would feel comfortable calling him a cannibal. I think cannibalism involves murder and involves Pattern. human flesh, as opposed to like if you're or like extreme situations. Also, this is kind of like what is being gay. He's cannibalized. Is, is being gay, but he's not a cannibal. Is being gay wanting to have sex in, with someone of the same sex one, or actually doing let's it? And save not that. Want, let's like, save can that. I, for can the I, can I say one sentence though? Yeah. When I was doing my, just like with with Cash Cab, I'm like, let me throw out all the jokes and let them worry about editing later. Oh, when I was doing my book on the new right, I asked that very question, and it was a mainstream publisher, and I had the line. Are you gay if you're on your knees but your heart isn't in it? Because I knew, <laughs> I knew my editor would cut it out, and he left it in. And I'm like, Snap. okay, it's in, so it's in the book. Wow. Same with cannibalism. You know, if you don't want to do it, but you do it, or if you want to do it and you don't do it, like Ryan Long has a, has a, a man on the street bit where he asks this question. We'll, we'll talk about this actually. This is really good in the member segment because it's all not family friendly. But the Ryan Long segment uh, comedian, you guys probably know him, was hilarious. The way he talks to people on the street and asks them the same question is just... Well, let's read some more. Let's read some more. We got Black Rock Beacon who says, The theological term for willfully benefiting from the acts of evil is appropriation of evil. Allowing evil to take place without resistance is complicity yeah. with evil. Specifically, mediate immediate material cooperation. Banality of evil only implies that it is commonplace. Wow, that's really great. Really great super chat. Thanks, Black Rock Beacon. That was very insightful. Mm-hmm. David Strasser says, Sertovich rocks. Tim, uh, give out our small business grossed vodcast on YouTube. Shark Bite Biz. Guar is airing Monday morning. Right on. Let's see. Balian says, if Gage did all these horrible things to kids, how was he able to possess a gun? No, no. It was Rosenbaum who did the horrible things. Right. Gage Grosskreutz just like smacked his grandma, I think. That's there, all. Something like that. <laughs> wow. and, and, and he, it was, he really liked Prodigy. Is Great that band, why they do? That's one of their songs, yeah. yeah smack oh, yeah. my grandma. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, smack oh, my oh. grandma up. That's, smack yes, my it's not smack up. my grandma. It's not grandma. I now remember the song. I wasn't, I wasn't big into, uh, what band was it again? Prodigy. 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 The Prodigy, I think they're. The Prodigy. The prodigy. No, is it the? Maybe it is. Maybe you're right in. Ivan Chavez says, I feel that evil is much like cold and dark. It's the absence of. Cold is the absence of heat, dark is the absence of light, and evil is the absence of good. No, no, no. A lot of evil is so intentional, it's not just passive, it's predatory. And mm-hmm. intense. Yes. It depends. Yes. That's the intensity, because yeah. like, it's like electricity. A little bit is good, it makes your heart beat, but a lot of it can Here kill you. 
uh, it could be considered good evil. is the visible light spectrum, which warms our skin and we enjoy. And evil is the uh, ionizing radiation, which destroys our DNA and kills us. Gives yeah. us cancer. There yeah. you go. So the intensity of good is evil? Possibly. Hugging someone to death? Yeah. What? Can be done. The intensity yeah. of good is evil? You can be so overwhelmingly good that you are committing horrible acts. I think well, C.S. Crazy. Lewis has that quote about he'd rather be under the thumb of someone who's corrupt than someone who's yep. a do-gooder. Exactly. Because a do-gooder will never let you sleep. Yep. Because uh, he's uh, doing it with the, with the benefit of his own conscience. It's, it's yin-yang, right? I'm not saying it right. Well, you're yin the yin Asian. Yin. I don't know. I know. I should have. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, you know, you know yin-yang? You have the yeah. white and the black. Yeah, the Tao. But within the white, there is, within the light, there is dark. Within the dark, yes. there is light. Yep. So they say that there is good and there is evil. But within good, there is evil. Within evil, there is good. So that's it's it's like a symbol mm-hmm. of the balance. Redemption. You know. But I, I think about can you do good to the point where it's evil? Definitely. Uh, utilitarianism. Thanos. And and like I'm going to kill half it, the you know you know universe's population to save the other half. He wants to save quadrillions. Well, of here's people. an either easier example when you are not allowing someone to make their own mistakes and you're like saying I'm going to make the choices for you and those choices are genuinely good. You are committing some act of evil because this person is not having a, a sense of self. Mm-hmm. Ian, Helicopter parents. lawful yeah. good. Lawful good. Th- they tend to be can become insane. People that are lawful good can be completely insane because they'll zealously attack evil at every possibility. Or what they even perceive when it's, as evil. Yeah, yes. what they, that's the thing. Ignorance can lead good people into dangerous, yes. evil territory. True neutral is the only way. Mm-hmm. It's one way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got? We need some super jets here. Okay. Boop, boop, boop. Nerdius Maximus says, how can Kyle be tried as an adult on murder when the foundation of the state's case was no self-defense because he illegally had the gun as a minor? That wasn't the pre- uh, premise of their case. The state wasn't arguing that it wasn't self-defense because of the gun. They didn't argue that. They just argued he was too young to have a gun. That's it. Yeah, I think it was a mistake uh, a lot of people made when they were like, the left was saying it. And I said it early on too and was corrected that he's in the commission of, uh, he's in the, he's in the, uh, act, he's, he's in the act of committing a crime. Therefore, he can't be in self-defense because he's committing a crime. And people were quickly like, no, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. So it turns out anyway, the gun charge was dismissed. He was legally allowed to possess it. So it's moot anyway. If there's a uh, mistrial now with or without prejudice, can they reintroduce the gun charge? Or is that completely unadmissible evermore? You guys know? I don't know. That would be a question for Cerno. Yeah. Josh A says, Rogan's meme about Alex is outdated. Human monkey chimera are already a thing. 2021 415 NPR human monkey embryos. That was it. Well, kind of his point was like they were just checking them off. The human Z legend has it was made in the 1900s. You know the story about the human Z? What, the Syrian Stalin? Is he the one who did it? Well, Stalin was trying to make a, like a super race of like breeding humans and apes. Wow. Yeah. Is, that, is that for real? Go, double check it, Lydia, please. I but trust I've read this. Michael, but I'll no, no, but was, was, was Adam Baldwin in The maybe, Patriot? Maybe my source was in it. It was Adam Baldwin. It was yeah. Captain Wilkins, I think. Yeah. Was he the traitor? Traitor. Yeah. 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 But we're big like fans. Baldwin. Let me look that up. Let's look up the, the human ape hydrant. Yes, Stalin. Kyle P- uh, Petty says, please ask the lawyer about the prosecutor advising the investigator to use Marcy's law as an excuse to not fulfill the warrant to obtain Bicep Man's phone. Uh, well, Mike had to go. Uh, sort of had to leave. He was our lawyer, but uh, I don't know if we have any analysis on that. I don't know if you're. I don't know yeah. anything. Marcy's no. law was where it was like we can't subject the victims to you know police force in this direct in this way. So, but I think it's an excuse. I think they were like, we want you to testify. And he was like, no, I plead the fifth. And they were like, what if we give you immunity? We can't say we give you immunity because that'll hurt the case. But what if we, you know, come on. 
You know, it was really crazy in the in the closing arguments. The state said that the Zeminskis have a Fifth Amendment right to to plead, so a Fifth Amendment right to to remain silent. And the defense objected. The defense was correct. The judge would not uh, sustain this, and it was wrong. What they said was, the defense cannot call the Zeminskis, the guy who fired the gun in the air, because he has a right to remain silent and doesn't want to implicate himself. But the state controls whether you have a Fifth Amendment right or not, because they can offer immunity, which means the state could have called the Zeminskis, given him immunity, and then gotten evidence against Rittenhouse. But they didn't, likely because their narrative was not true. The judge should have said, you can't claim they have a Fifth Amendment right because you can take it away with immunity by force. If the state comes to you and says, you're testifying, you say, I plead the fifth. They say, you've been subpoenaed and you have immunity. You have no choice. They can take it away. But if they don't give you immunity, then you do have the fifth? Yes. Okay. But that means they control whether or not you testify and the defense has no ability to do that. The defense can't give you immunity. So you plead the fifth. All right. Garhent says, Michael, could you please reach out to Mike Rowe and have you travel America doing blue collar jobs with Mike? It would be awesome. Odd couple watching a New Yorker hoeing corn or doing a roof. First of all, I'm a Texan and not even a gunpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know Mike Rowe? I I don't know Mike Rowe. I interviewed him before, um, and he's a very, very uh, interesting blue collar guy, and he's making a lot of very good points throughout all of this madness that I think is definitely worth paying attention to. We are? We are at some point. Yep. Wait. Really? I love that guy. Yeah. We are. He's it's a, already in the works. We just okay, need to have it. Yeah, I'm a big yeah, yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's such a, a good dude where he's like, you know, work hard and do your thing. And I'm like, yes. He's a realist. Uh, right. I, I had a lot of fun interviewing him. He's he's great. Super cool guy. Yeah. Okay. Let's try and find something good. We got uh, oh, we got a big one here. Theodore Abate. Abbott says Washington was zero for four before he crossed the Delaware. He wasn't a born military general. He figured it out because that was what was required. He was only promoted in the French and Indian War because his CEO fell off his horse and died. The founding fathers were all just humans who rose to the occasion. Dude, I watched this great here, documentary here. about mm-hmm. the Congress and, and building up to the war and everything. And, and Washington would go in every day to Congress. Every day he went in in his military uniform. Before war had ever been discussed. Just letting everyone know without saying a word, I'm ready. And he never spoke. He barely ever spoke. He just sat and listened. And they also thought he was sterile, by the way. Oh, hmm. interesting. He never had any kids. She, oh, uh, Martha, who was, had kids. A while. And then the, the Congress voted. They were like, we gotta pick somebody to lead this thing. And they picked him. And because he was a statesman, he didn't become a Napoleon. I think a big part of that is because he understood law and maybe because he was friends with the other fathers, but I think it was more that he just understood judiciousness and law. Like Napoleon and was he, just a he, military and guy. And he also wanted very clearly have the president. The president is very different from a king. Because they didn't know what to call him. His Excellency, you're, you're mad. He goes, no, no, Mr. President is what they settled on. All right, Matthew Fumi says, actually, the Pennsylvania senator spent near $8,000 on his campaign. The $153 was what was spent during his primary, which he ran unopposed. He was on Crowder today and talked about this. Uh, the guy we're talking about is in New Jersey. Yeah, this right? is in Pennsylvania. Yeah, those, the New Jersey state senator ran against a Democrat. The, he, the majority leader. The, you're right, and beat him, and the Democrat refused to concede for a, for a little while he and finally gave it. up. He did yeah. concede. He finally conceded. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He did. He did. Yep. Yep. I don't know what the Pennsylvania thing is, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. Interesting. Still not much money. 8,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. A lot of Adam Baldwin fans. John Curry says, Adam Baldwin played Jane in Serenity and Firefly. Yes. That's right. Ooh, very cool. Also excellent Firefly. Yeah. uh, uh, Sarah Hart says, Adam Baldwin is in Patriot, also Jane in Firefly. Very cool. All right. Let's see. What does that say? 
Blue Shirt Tail says, Tim, you asked if you can do so much good it becomes evil. Aristotle addressed this 2,500 years ago. Quote, any virtue taken to excess becomes a vice. I hate that. So a little simplistic, right? Yeah, and it's it's just semantics. Right. Yeah, it's just, you know, too much... Too much love. One what is equals it? minus one. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> too much cheese equals farts. Too much love. Like, what would... Too much of anything is bad, obviously. But, but by right. definition, you're saying too much yeah. is right. Yeah. 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 Too much Taco Bell equals mud butt. Mm-hmm. But I think if someone is kind twenty four seven till the day they die, like genuinely kind, that's not a sin. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that South Park episode where they meet the Mormon family. Have you ever seen that? And the I Mormon don't. family is just really, really good people, <gasps> and they're just like they're they they believe you know this thing that that the rest of South Park finds weird, but they're all just good people. And finally, at the end, the end, they're just like you guys are you guys are assholes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, one more, one more. Semper Ives says, Tim, Marine Corps birthday was November 10th. Birthed in a bar called Tun Tavern. Imagine getting so drunk with the boys you create the deadliest fighting force in the world. <laughs> Captain Samuel Nicholas did. Amazing. That's great. Wow. That's great. Sounds like uh, one of uh, Dankula's dudes. A yeah. captain. A captain in the military started the Marines. Oh, the, I don't right. know much about, I don't know anything about this story. I've never heard this before. All right, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a members segment coming up where we talk about naughty things, and it's going to be really, really funny, so I hope you're ready. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. It should be up around 11 or so. You can uh, Don't forget to subscribe to this channel, smash the like button, share the URL of this video wherever you can, because that's how we fight the censorship. It really does help the show. And follow us at TimCastIRL, basically everywhere. You can follow me personally, at TimCast. Michael, you want to shout anything out? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael Malice. Uh, I got Robert Barnes discussing the Rittenhouse case on youtube.com slash official and of course sheathunderwear.com promo code malice I think you also and, have a book isn't that the, the anarchist audiobook which Tim read a chapter of yes. honored the distribu- distributor cleared it so it's going to be percolating out yes. to where you ever get audiobooks over the next coming weeks and as uh, soon awesome. as I know I'll, I'll update on uh, twitter.com I'll, I'll update at malice.locals.com definitely there you go yeah. There's a lot of very interesting comments about what people were wearing today, especially when we were talking about the felony bit. I'm going to save it for uh, the after oh show, boy. but uh, <laughs> my YouTube channel is We Are Change. I have a lot of fun on there. In yesterday's video, you could see me translating German, and if you're interested <laughs> in that, you will go to youtube.com forward slash We Are Change. I hope to see some of you guys there. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Uh, last night was one of the most surreal, so greatest fun. moments of we, my life. We broke the internet. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still like unbalanced. Was, well, yeah, I couldn't sleep. But I was like, I was too hyped so up. Wired, I was like, yeah. too much energy. Beautiful reality. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Ian Crossland. See you later. Thank you guys for tuning in again while we're touring Austin in our super awesome little sketchy RV that Joe Rogan was unsettled by. We're having a lot of fun down here. Thank you all for continuing to tune in. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids. Thanks, Linda. We, we have one. <laughs> yeah. Linda, honey, listen. Yeah, I know, I know. You guys, <laughs> thank, thank you all so much for, for subscribing and sharing. We have 1.3 million views Woo! on yesterday's show. It was yes. wild and insane. So cool. To clarify, it was, it was Alex Jones, uh, Alex Joe Jones, Rogan, Joe Blair, Rogan, Rogan Malice, Blair White, Blair White, Drew Hernandez, Michael Malice, Luke Rakowski, you guys, Ian Crossland, Tim Pool, Lydia. It was Linda, amazing. Linda. 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 Yeah, Linda. Yeah. All right, everybody, go to TimCast.com. You're not going to want to miss this one. It's going to be dirty and naughty. Oh, and my. we will see you all at TimCast.com. Bye, guys.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.